What's up, everybody? Welcome to Coliseum Classics. This is episode four. And today we're going to talk about the WWF World Tour Coliseum Home Video. This is a series, just us watching um, some old Coliseum Home videos put out by the World Wrestling Federation, reviewing, discussing, reliving. Um, and yeah, this week we're going to talk about the WWF World Tour. Follow us along every week. You can watch these on Peacock. We selected these so you, the audience, our listeners, can follow along and you can give us your comments as we watch them together, basically. So next week, we're going to be talking about French classics. So be sure to look that up after you check out WWF World Tour. And before we get started, um, my name's Duke, by the way. I'm joined by John host of No Sold, a wrestling podcast, and then our roadman Zern, the professor, the icon himself. John, you look like you're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> How are you feeling? Let's rock. I'm feeling good. good. Um, World Tour 90. This was one we, based on the cover, I felt like this was going to be fun just by seeing the cover, and um, we, were, we were hyped to talk about this one. I did want to mention for last week's uh, episode, Hulk Hogan, Real American, I did want to bring up just Ed chiming in. We had a we had a, a lot of good feedback, actually. A lot of streams, a lot of views. But Ed, he was um, pretty pumped about this. He just, I think Ed's looking for more, um, I guess, more of a trademark for us guys here at Coliseum Classics. He, wanna see, he's, he wants to see us put our stamp on it like, like a Sean Mooney would or a Lord Alfred Hayes. So we got to step up our game for Ed. Always probably... Our most loyal listener so ed shout out he's a gentleman and a i think we can probably um get to sean mooney level because that's not very high if we're being honest right well i think we can at least get to come on brother i put sean he mooney over get... lord alfred mm, we'll come back to that mike how you feeling feeling great how ready to get on this my weekend is great um as you know my benefactor is ted dibiase so mm. He's always got me, you know, living it up at one of his homes. Um, a few weeks ago, we were down in Cocoa Beach, Florida for a week. It was pretty sweet. So, yeah, man, I'm living the dream. I can't complain. Good Watching some wrestling, hanging out with my buds. You nice. know, uh, before we move on, if it's all right with you guys, um, prior to recording, we lost an icon in the pro wrestling world um, just yesterday. The Iron Sheik passed away. And I just wanted to spend a couple minutes... Um, you know, remembering this, uh, he's an icon, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know about the Iron Sheik, like if you know of his last few years where he sort of became like a caricature, you know, I feel like he just fed into it. It was either he was feeding into the crazy and like saying F Hogan and all this stuff, or he was mentally ill. I don't know what the deal was, but prior to that, this guy had a, Hall of Fame pro wrestling career, but something a lot of people don't know is that he was actually um, an accomplished like amateur wrestler, and uh, he competed for a spot on Iran's Greco-Roman wrestling team in the Olympics in 1968. He was also an assistant coach for the United States, which is funny, in the 70s. Um, Greco-Roman wrestling champion, and like I mentioned, went on to become WWF champion, like the biggest title in the game, you know, at that time, arguably. And then, of course, a 
World Wrestling Federation tag team title run as well. So just wanted to show some love to the Sheik. Um, you know, like I said, I think he's an iconic wrestler. I think he's very uh, recognized. I think he's borderline household name for people at this point. And um, I wanted to just uh, kick it to you guys if you have anything to say about Sheiky Baby Zern, if you want to um, talk about the Iron Sheik. Sure, yeah. I mean, my memories of him is the LGN figure. That was like one of my first ones mm. that we had there. That was uh, We talked about this last week with Corporal Kirshner one and Iron Sheik. That was my, my, my one-two punch right there. But yeah, between that and the iconic moments between him and Hogan and him and Bob Backlund, then yeah. them two matches right there will always be replayed in history. Always. For sure. Um, I didn't like him live watching him, but retrospectively, yeah, I have, you know, guys, I'm a mark for guys sure. that are amateur wrestlers and stuff like that. So I've grown to greatly appreciate everything that he did. And um, of course, he got into that uh, Hogan angle in WrestleMania 7 as well. And a little bit of a reboot character, but um, yeah, he's definitely iconic. Some people might know him for the Howard Stern stuff, and like you said, with the F Hogue in this, and he's just—I think he was just playing it up, um, yeah. on all the shoot interviews. And unfortunately, some people took advantage of him too, you know, getting him. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't really appreciate that. I actually disgusted me every time I seen that um, mm -hmm. um, over the last ten years. But yeah, definitely an icon. Yeah, I think he was definitely exploited towards the end there. Um, I do think back to like WrestleMania 1, renting that tape um, and seeing the tag title match. I think it was against the U.S. Express. And, um, you know, those early memories of him and Nikolai Volkov, Freddie Blassie. Uh, Duke, you're right. Household name, I think. at least, And, and wrestling, like that rock and wrestling connection, he is somewhat of a forgotten part of it but even in like the cindy lopper videos and like the goonies videos he's featured in that stuff mm -hmm. and um was definitely front and center as like a heel you know probably one of the top three or four heels easy behind piper back then and um even before that you know his stuff with bob Backlund, and there's so much with iron Sheik, and it is a shame towards the end there um i guess just like his his uh personality might have gotten uh Miss mis like exploited like you said Mike got misused yep. mm -hmm. but besides all that it is a shame and it's a uh, another one gone you know the older we get we lose some of these legends and um yeah it's a shame this one's this one's tough iron sheet gone it was it was actually uh I even texted you guys when it happened like I was surprised that I it kind of hit me you know mm -hmm. like um you know it's sad when anyone anyone dies right like they're human beings and they have families and stuff but i was i was surprised that like this one got me and i think yeah like you said it's your childhood kind of disappearing in front of you you know but um yeah i do want to say gonna... one more thing uh with, yeah, about sure. about chic though um I, I like i would see him lately especially on like a lot of these tuesday night titans and um you know he would have like the camel camels and he would be doing like these little ceremonies with Vince and they were just so over the top, but Vince seemed to really respect him at the time. I don't know how it turned out later on in, in the years, but um, he wasn't like this tall, big giant man, no. mm -mm. but Vince really um, let that character and that persona take over. And I think Sheik was like used to, larger than life. Like he was one of those household names. And I just wanted yeah. to say that, um, you know, I think he was respected in in that community for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when you're an, an accomplished, like, Olympic wrestler, like, I feel like, you know, and I think um, 
when Vince McMahon Jr. took over, like she, you know, became a tag team guy and stuff like that. I think that, you know, size did matter and that's why he wasn't featured anymore. But previous to that, like you had Bruno Backlund, like legit shooters who were in good shape, but like they weren't like these big, you know, giants like Hogan when he took over. But um, yeah, I think when you're like a shooter like that, you're you're going to demand respect, you know. Um, And Mike, you mentioned the LJN figure. I can see it in my head like yep. that pose, you know, like I can see it mm-hmm. in my head. And uh, yeah, iconic. And we just wanted to shout out the Iron Sheik. Um, obviously, condolences to his family, his friends, his fans, because uh, we care about him, too, even though we didn't know him. So RIP yeah. Iron Sheik. And we'll we'll be sure. I'll get back to you, Mike. We'll be sure to see more of him as we go through our little journey here. So go go watch an Iron Sheik match in honor of him, you know, mm-hmm. if you get a chance to. Go ahead, sir. Now, I just wanted to say, like, what surprised me is the level of disrespect he got in other uh, companies, um, even WCW, NWA. I remember WrestleWar 89, one of the my first Stinger. paper. Stinger, five seconds, done. Yep. You know, yeah. Um, some of the independents that he was in, he would, like, lose – like mm-hmm. he wasn't a former world champion. Like he wasn't, you know, a former Olympian. It was just uh, pretty sad. WWE took care of him as far as, you know. He won that gimmick battle rule. Remember when he came back? At- absolutely. <laughs> gave, yeah. Uh, yeah, they gave him a legacy and they never, you know, took it down. Whereas WCW and some of these other low budget promotions did not take care of him, which yeah. kind of surprised me because they could have. But he lived a full life for sure. I mean, look at all the things oh, yeah. he did from the Olympics, like you said. How many years ago was that? And then coaching and his mm-hmm. his his career and just having the I'm sure, like I said, people were exploiting him, but he was also getting the money for it. So he got able to take care of his family. Right. It was a 50-50 right. proposition on that one. Yeah. So like I said, yeah, like Duke said, definitely go out and watch a watch a match. Yeah, but uh really quick, I wanted to say there's a great account on Instagram, Legacy of the Squared Circle. They always give you like some nice um under the radar matches, and it's um I stumbled upon through their account. By the way, us, no sold, follow us at no sold underscore podcast on Instagram. But this account, Legacy of the Squared Circle, they were definitely saying to go out and watch the boot camp match between Slaughter and the Iron Sheik from uh, 1984. And I did. And I'm like, wow, way, way, way ahead of its time. Like the, yep. the violence and the brutality. Yep. Um, really good stuff. Blackjack Mulligan, a cage match with him in Mid-Atlantic. There's a lot of good stuff that you can find on Sheik. Um, were you guys familiar with the, the flair you know, the great Hassan Arab match when it was Sheik as the great Hassan Arab, I suppose that was his name at the time, versus Ric Flair. It was NWA Canadian Heavyweight Championship in 1980. This oh, wow. Before he was the yeah. Iron Sheik. Another hidden gem. Cool. Um, so Legacy the Squared Circle. Check that account out. It's fun if you love wrestling. And uh, Were you able to find that match? That one, no. I couldn't mm. find that. Mike, that sounds like a job for you. <laughs> I'm on it. I have seen him in that, in that era. I think they tore. We were just talking about a couple weeks ago. Out, ironically, right? Yeah, uh, a couple of the matches, right? We sent send it to each other, but uh, I've never heard of that match. So, yeah, I'll be on the lookout for it. Cool. Yep. So, R.I.P. Iron Cheek. Now we're going to talk about WWF World Tour, nineteen ninety. And this is, it starts out with Sean Mooney in this awesome uh, Coliseum 
home video studio once again with the awesome pillars. I love this thing so much, man. It's it's so funny, the little things that just make me smile about this old school stuff. And uh, we start with um, a Jimmy Superfly Snooker promo. He is gassed to the gills in this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, John, what do you think of this promo? Well, um, that's an understatement. He was uh, coming out of his skin, I felt like. He was <laughs> so ripped and jacked. And um, I guess, you know, he was pumped up for sure in this promo. I love the graphic behind him, though. Like these mm -hmm. old promos where they show the graphic of the superstar like they gave they give you their personality through the like the font they use almost or through the colors like you know who snooka's character is by the way they present this graphic so i was marked for that stuff um the promo though it was wild it was jimmy snooka promo you know um we'll talk about this profile but this was a i guess this was the superstar for this coliseum video that they were going to profile was superfly jimmy snooka yeah i thought that promo was pretty funny you know like he was saying just the weirdest stuff, like, all oh, you beautiful people, and, like, just the weird, like, I don't know, man. He's out there, the Superfly, all due respect. Mm -hmm. So then we get on to uh, a match with the Superfly, Jimmy Snooker. This one took place from the Nassau Coliseum, and uh, Tony Schiavone and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. Uh, we've talked a bunch about, like, Schiavone and the WWF. Um it just doesn't feel right to me, man. And like, this is Tony Schiavone is one of my all time favorite commentators, like legit. He's a top five guy for me, probably. And like, it just feels weird with him there. Like, do you guys get that when you watch WWF Tony Schiavone stuff? Or is it just me? Like, I, we talked about this before. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. It's not that NWA WCW feel, but I, I mean, I like it. I mean, I wish mm. he, he was there even more. Um, he definitely, like I said, screams Coliseum home video, but mm -hmm. I don't mind. I'd rather have him versus some of the other combinations that we have gotten so far. So, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, though. He just doesn't fit. And I just think it's because he has that, you know, NWA, WCW, um, not stink on him. But, you know, that's where he was at. That's that's. Yeah, because like it's not a stink. Yeah. It's like I love him. Yeah. You know, it, it's just. It's weird. I don't it's know. Almost it's like that weird. this happened. Yeah, that this really happened. Like I, I feel sense. like when Snook is wrestling, like I hear Gorilla. You know, mm -hmm. like that feels right to me. But right. John, how about you? Do you feel weird like when you watch old WWF and it's Tony Schiavone? Uh, I'm, I'm with Mike a little bit where it feels like very Coliseum video. You know, you're gonna get him on these home videos. But um, other than I, I think it was like Royal Rumble 1990 or maybe there was mm -hmm. a SummerSlam. It's that's this is Gorilla's territory for me. Yeah, uh, or or Vince, but um, you know, I, it's always music to my ears because we still get Tony Schiavone on a weekly basis in AEW, so it's yeah, cool, which is insane. It is, but you get these reminders every so often, like you're watching this match, this Jimmy Snuka versus Boris Zukov from probably 1989 at this point, and um, you're like, man, Shivani's still going today, and it's cool to see where he was and where he is now. So I just I love Shivani. I you know, oh, I love, me too. Oh, but I me understand too. what you're saying. It does yeah. not feel WWF. Well, I think by watching these Coliseum home videos, I guess I will get used to it because he's been on like pretty much all of them, I exactly. think, at this point. Um, him and it seems like Alfred usually is his counterpart. Um mm, right. so the match starts Boris Zukov with the uh accompanied by Jimmy Hart. Yeah. And that was weird. 
Well, they talked about this during a match. Uh, Honky Talk Man was supposed to fight this match, but he had a severe flu issue. They were in a feud at the time, so mm-hmm. Honky Talk Man has a severe flu. What would they call it? A, uh, a bedridden flu, they called it. <laughs> and uh, so Jimmy Hart was out there supporting Zukov to get, get this done because they were in the middle of a heated feud. They had like about a three-month feud at this time. It was weird to see them together. Like It was kind of cool, though, too. That's the thing about these Coliseum videos. Um, I like the weird matchups. Like, um, I loved Ronnie Garvin and Kurt Hennig. That's probably been my favorite out of everything that we've watched so far because that's just such a weird, like, interesting pairing. And like I mentioned before, like, former AWA champion against former NWA champion. So that's the cool thing about these. You get these, like, kind of, interesting matchups because even this is weird like snook and boris zukov like i yeah would never if you asked me if they ever wrestled i would say probably not i feel like they're like almost different eras right but um they start out and you know boris zukov takes them out from behind and snook does the signature yeah it's like his signature thing he literally does it to get out of the ring and like he gets to quote gorilla he gets pearl harbored from behind and uh But yeah, it was it was cool. John, what'd you think of this one? I I like this the theme through this whole Coliseum video, and most of these are the simple formula, the baby face, the heel, the charismatic manager. You know, that that's like what I like about this stuff. But what I also noticed there's a lot of rest holds in some of these early snooka matches on this card, on this tape, I should say. And what I what I like about it is we don't get these rest holds nowadays, but it used to give the commentators like the ability to talk about the character or educate mm-hmm. the, the the viewer a bit like a give them a little bit more of a glimpse into their personalities. And you get that banter between. The two. So, like, I miss that because, like, even though they're rest holds and you're just kind of watching a, a guy in a headlock, you get to hear fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for this, I, I, I just feel like that's missed today. But um, the match itself. Yeah, man. I mean. Uh, you you can get through the the finish and whatnot, but this wasn't um this wasn't like a high rated star match by Meltzer, I'm sure. I'll tell you no, that. no. While there yeah, weren't I mean, any moon salts, exactly, no, yeah. not in this one, but the next one maybe. Yeah, it's almost like Zukov was. Uh, they even touched on it during the match. They made fun of him with his one boot from the corner that missed him completely, and I think it was uh, I think it was Lord Al. Uh, Lord Alfred that mentioned it. He he Cervantes like he hit him with the boot. Yeah. He barely even grazed him with the boot. He was sloppy. His kicks were so weak. They were barely connecting. That one uh sleeper hold he had, he was beating like he's been in the ring for yeah. an hour. It was a, yeah. a minute and a half into the match. He was beating. <laughs> so he was slow. It looks like he was out the night before and he was just like sweating everything out. He was slow. His kicks were weak. Mm-hmm. all his moves were weak he was very slow in the ring so i mean to me he was he definitely didn't belong and once again he wasn't supposed to be in that, that this match right it's supposed mm-hmm. to be honky tonk man so maybe yeah. it was one of them life slacking things and he wasn't even know he's going to wrestle but yeah he definitely, it's weird they chose this match to feature on this tape if it was supposed to be honky tonk man because they already had another one that we'll get to in yeah. a moment and it's yep. like okay you couldn't find any other snooker match to feature here well they kind of piggyback off each other because they talk about the feud mm-hmm. In the first yeah. match. Yeah. Okay, so they true. do this. This is what's supposed to happen. Jimmy Hart's out there. And as you can see, the theme of Jimmy Hart in this, this uh, tape as well. So, um, yeah, I think they just piggybacked off of that. And it, they went with that leading up to the next match. Was this the one when Snooker 
did the splash from like the middle of the ropes. Was this that match or was this? No, that's okay. the next one. And that's, that's what I want to talk okay. about that. Melt right, this splash appreciated. was top notch. So, yeah. So anyway, Jimmy Snooker gets the win. The big super five splash. That thing is impressive, man. I'll tell you what. Like that splash. super five splash is a damn thing of beauty in my mm-hmm. opinion, man. Like, I don't know what it is. If it's him just like actually smashing somebody like right. but it looks like a million bucks man every time so the superfly gets the win superfly splash surprise surprise over the the russian boris zukov <laughs> so then mike did you want to rate that match sure sure yeah um so overall i gave this a d plus um mm. i didn't want to yeah it's just i had three s's down sloppy slow and sad i mean that's what zukov was in this match um he really it was a disgrace out there in my so eyes. So you think uh, you think Snuka looked good though? Well, he was fighting from underneath the whole entire match. And exactly. I think, that was, I think that was the deal. Like uh, that was their thing. Like we're this is. How I we're just mean happen. as far as his like you know his in ring work. You were cool with his in ring work. It was very short, and he didn't have much offense in this match. But I mm-hmm. thought his finish was top notch. I mean that was yeah. really good. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I gave it a D plus overall, just because right. Zukov was on top for ninety percent of this match. And this is what you're you're dealing with him in sleeper holds, kicking his kicks and his punches were just weak. His uh, crossing uh, cross ropes were just very slow and sloppy. He looked gassed. He looked tired. Let's, let's Did you take points off at all because he has a sixty five pound head, <laughs> <laughs> or was it just strictly his in ring work? Just all his in ring work. All right, yeah. that's fair then. Listen, man, you're a broadcast journalist. You know we got to keep it real. And we'll yeah. move on, and hopefully uh, we came in a little hot. <laughs> hopefully we things get better for us. All right, so then we move on to the second match. Once again, Tony Schiavone and uh, – was this Schiavone and Alfred again? I'm sorry. No, Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim, right, yes. That was interesting. Yeah, um, Hillbilly pops one, up a lot on these as This well. one was from Madison Square Garden, yes. the Mecca. And it had, like, they tried to make it have a big match feel. Did you guys get that? Like, the Fink introducing Snooka, like, he was like, all right, guys, are you ready? You know? Like, Snooka was always over there, but I didn't really get that, like, crazy pop when he came out. Did you guys feel that way? I, this is the end. I think he made it, like, a big match feel because this was the end of their three-month, four-month feud that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a three month differential between the Boris Zukov match and this match here. So they've been fighting on the circuit for about four months. I think this is one of their last matches that they had. So I think that's what they wanted a, a big send off here at Madison Square Garden, which is why, uh, yeah, the Fink was, you know, making it prestigious. So what year was this? Was this before or after Honky's IC title? This is well after. after. This is yeah. Yeah, September after. 30th, September 30th, 1989. Oh, yeah, that makes sense because the Rhythm and Blues thing is coming up. All right. Yeah, I so, felt like uh, I was just going to say about the introduction yeah. and whatnot and the build to it all, the big fight feel. Um, I did feel like he got a pretty good reaction. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty darn good, actually. And I think and we talked about the Iron Sheik at the top of the show. I do think Snuka was um, is kind of forgotten as, as a key component in that that era as well like you know obviously the piper stuff is famous but snooker was so over i feel like he was a beloved baby face and when they say from the fiji islands i love think so much by the way oh yeah he's brings 
just such a big mm-hmm. feel to everything he touches. Yeah, but I, I mean, for my TV, like it translated that it was a pretty big reaction. It did feel like a big fight feel, and we'll get to the honky tonk man in a minute. But this guy, he knows how to do his job. I'm just gonna say that he's he's really good at his, at his job. Yeah, and like Snook, I felt like he got like a good reaction, but I was, I guess, I was expecting more because mm. like the Fink just poured his soul into that introduction, you know, and I felt like. You know, well, we can get then, a uh, get account on the attendance there. I don't know if we could pull that number somehow, but I'm going to say this, like, you know, whether it's WWE or AEW that gets ripped on for like low houses and low fan tent, like this, this arena for Madison Square Garden looked pretty bare when mm-hmm. they would pan out. Um, yeah. I noticed it, but there's a amazing, amazing fan at ringside. Should we mention them now or should we get into it later? Oh, no, go ahead. Vlad, the super fan. Yeah, he's man. everywhere, bro. He's everywhere. It's crazy that that guy is all over like old and into the 90s, too. You know, like so it's cool. nuts. Look up Vladimir, the super fan of the World Wrestling Federation, guys. If you haven't, he would appear at WWF. He would be at WCW. Um, He was I remember him wearing a hot rod shirt a lot. He would mm-hmm. wear a stinger tank top like yeah, when he was top. at uh, WCW. Um, but yeah, that was very cool to see. Also, did you guys notice anything else aesthetically? About, about Snooka's them? trunks? Yes, I knew you would. Yeah, the black and white. They were so awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah they were like These uh, were the coolest Snooka t- trunks. Yeah, I've ever seen. they really were. Like, I was hoping that you guys called it because, um, you know, normally he wears like the cheetah print tights and in this one it was almost like a zebra because it was like white and black they were super cool that dude looked like once again he's always jacked like he always Mm -hmm. looks great um and yeah if you want to get into the match mike the highs and lows of it yeah getting back to vlad real quick i mean i don't uh i don't know if the listeners know that they did a two-hour documentary on wwe three years ago and they didn't release it it was supposed to be released during a pandemic and they never released it and it was like uh, they were uh, putting promo videos out there on WWE.com and everything. Then they just put a kibosh on it. So they filmed it and everything else. And I've seen footage of it, but they never actually released it, which is crazy. So maybe in 20 years, we'll, we'll get to see it. Yeah, that's I wonder why. Yeah. But as far as the match, um, just from the very beginning, the walk out to the ring by Snooka from the back from the locker room. Mm-hmm. Like that was an iconic MSG walk yep. out right there. I, sure. I mean, I love that. Um, the entrance attire for both wrestlers, I thought were really good. You already mentioned the trunks on Snooker. Mm-hmm. Love them. Um, I also like the fact of the, um, stressing the importance of Jimmy Hart in this match, how much yes. he means to honky tonk man. And they really were stressing this in the beginning of the match. Um, getting into it. Uh, Snooker was very aggressive. You could tell this is the end of it, like a heated few. Cause he was very aggressive. He was choking him, you know, almost to like yeah. being disqualified count, the five count. Mm-hmm. So you could tell this is the end of a, a big feud there. Um, they even had a little mini Undertaker reference there, too. I had to like, you heard that? Yeah, bro, I, that? I had to do a double take. Mm-hmm. You know, Hillbilly Jim, I believe, called uh, Snooka an, under- an Undertaker at one point. Like he, he I don't think it He's- was the Undertaker. No, it wasn't the Undertaker. He, he wasn't around that, yet, right? No, nah, he was. This is about mm-hmm. two years before he would come. But uh, yeah, he said that he looks like he just walked in to an Undertaker's place, basically, but in time. a hospital or yeah, something. Yeah, in a hospital, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. But as far as um, 
as far as that, like I said, that, that the entrance was great. The, uh, all the uh, entrance to tire, all that set that match up to be something special. And this did feel like a big, big feel match to me. Hillbilly Jim, on the other hand, was brutal on the mic. I don't know why he was doing this. He was like a big letdown for this match. Um, if they would have had Lord Alfred Hayes, that would have given me some more points for this match overall. But I gave it a B minus overall, just because right. I like the fact that they're, I like the feud. I never knew about this feud, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but just did feel like a, these guys really hated each other. Both guys were doing their jobs very well. I love the announcers, especially Tony Schiavone making sure that everybody knows that Jimmy Hart is the key to this connection yeah. right here. Um, and I like the end of it. I don't know if you guys caught this, the end of it, because that was a bad finish by Snooker. Yeah. The, the top. Yeah. And they, they did a reverse angle on the replay, yeah. which was great on yep. the fly thinking by them. So yeah. So a B, B minus, if it was better announcing and maybe a better finish, I would have had it actually might've been an A minus, but it lost about two point grades just because of that. But B minus isn't bad. Real quick no. before we kick it to you, John Boy, I'm about to finish. Like for listeners who haven't seen it, Snooka, if you don't know, he hits that top rope body splash and Honky Tonk Man wasn't in position for whatever reason, whoever's fault it was. And he ended up taking it home with a big flying headbutt, which was so weird, but also kind of cool, you know, something different. Um, but I just wanted to let the guys know because guys and girls who are listening, um, if they don't know so go ahead john Bully. what do you got on this one i just was uh gonna praise honky tonk man's work as a heel the way he sells the way he's they uh, like we hear guys wrestlers and in shoot interviews or whatever or speeches they'll be like oh that guy was so giving or that guy and sometimes it doesn't really make sense but in this match i was like oh honky tonk man's like he's such a giving wrestler because he's just flying around for snooker really making snooker look great in this one honestly mm -hmm. and just like playing the heel so well and jimmy hart deserves so much credit to another guy i just totally didn't appreciate uh the little nuances he would do um and so i just wanted to give those those guys their praise and uh that that springboard maneuver by snooker yeah, that was this match yeah that was this match and uh, like yep. uh, i never seen him do that before mm -mm, nope did you that's no not at all that's kind of a cool thing too about this um we talked about it in the, I believe it was the villains episode, how like the finishes were like not like finishing moves sometimes. They were like roll ups and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like they were doing different stuff. And maybe that's why, because it was like a house show yep. for all intents and purposes. So they got to do different stuff. So yeah, that was super cool. And like it's funny because I agree with you about Honky Tonk Man. Um, I'm just not a fan of him. And in this match, I realized why hmm. it's because he's too like corny. It's like too comedic, like cartoonish. It's yes. It's his overselling because like Rick rude would do that sort of, because I was trying to, I'm trying to get to a place where I like the honky tonk. <laughs> Respect is there, you know, like for sure. But like, I'm like, well, Rick Rude did that and I'm not hard on him. But like Rick Rude also had like a legitimate. I believed Rick Rude could beat anyone's ass. He was in there. Oh, he would. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And like Honky, he's kind of like, you know, he's got the spaghetti arms like he's not really. But I agree with you. He for sure made him look good. And like, I just think his overselling is kind of like comedic. 
Yeah, I, I can understand that. I, I, I know what you're saying. And it comes again in another match later in the show that we'll talk about where mm-hmm. he's doing some of those similar like antics or whatever. But um, I think I'm getting to the point where I like the honky tonk, man. That's I never great. thought I, I, I just I'm, I, the more I see because we watched uh, Royal Rumble or no Survivor Series 87. We, we mm-hmm. reviewed that show on No Sold. He did like the the man's work in that match as well, like the the amount of work, the selling. Um and and look back then he Vince was pegging him as a star like he was getting victories and pins over some big yep. names and this was a little different it looked like Mike like he was um already off the I guess I don't want to say on the on the crap list but he was like you know maybe transition, on. transition yeah transition to the tag team but if uh, somebody would ask me why is Honky Tonk Man a Hall of Famer why is Jimmy Hart a Hall of Famer why is Snook a Hall of Famer this would be one of the match I would point this match to it because this match highlighted why each one of them are a hall of famer whether you agree with it or not yeah he was mm-hmm. flippy floppy he was but we all this match really suck out why he's a hall of famer jimmy hart especially and snooker you know what i mean so yeah and i don't like no disrespect to honky for sure yeah. like because i do respect him i do believe that he deserves a place in the hall of fame you know it's just like you know there's some guys that were just not, you know, they don't translate to us. But I feel like I am becoming more of a fan as time goes by. It's just the sort of over-the-top stuff. It's almost like he's, like, ribbing him during the mm-hmm. match, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, And I was actually surprised by the finish because, like you said, John, like, he would just beat everybody, the honky-tonk man. Yeah. Like, or there would be, like, some sort of schmaz. But here, Snooker gets the big headbutt, the one, two, three, and uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker prevails in madison square garden brother brother uh also real quick before we move on jimmy superfly Silka, nicest professional wrestler i've ever met well, just want to throw that out there yep um then we're gonna go on to the third match i know you guys all three of us are big fans of this guy dino bravo i'm pretty sure i Here's feel that. like john is but sometimes he makes me think he's not but I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. The not. Canadian strongman, Dino Bravo, indeed. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about, guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm talking about his opponent, the excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, Brett the Hitman Hart. Super excited for this one. So this, uh, we kick it back to Sean Mooney. He introduces a fan request. This is our second one that we've seen during our series. Uh, We talked about how exciting it would be to be a kid and write in, you know, and um, Mike, you want to talk about uh, Carl Murphy a little bit? I don't know him personally, but he's a lucky duck, man, to be doing this, to have Bret Hart's name, Bret Hart saying his name on national TV. So cool. This was a good, this was good backstage from both, both of these interviews right there. For sure. Um, For sure. And I like, uh, uh, Brett went into like this is going to be speed versus strength. Like he really mm-hmm. built this matchup. Oh, surprise, imagine surprise. that! Imagine surprise, Brett. Surprise. Imagine Brett. You know, treating it with respect yeah. and like it's real. Imagine that for sure. Some say he took himself too seriously. Sorry, sorry, he took his business too seriously. <laughs> John Boy, Crazy. do you wish that you were Carl Murphy from Port Washington, New York? In this case, um, I don't know his you know marital status or financial status, but. Just if I could be immortalized on this Coliseum video, yeah, I guess I do wish I was Carl Murphy. I mean, he got would, his name. If you, if you don't know forever. his marital star- status, I'll marry him if he's still <laughs> single. 
just to yeah, have this immortal. rub. Yeah, this is great. Just to have this rub from Brett, who was answering the fan mail. Um, man, young Brett. Well, we'll get into it, but this dude was uh he was primed and ready for this this match with Dino Bravo. He was hyping you up like just this little promo. Remember, you know when people say that um Bret Hart's not good on the mic? Mm-hmm. But then they'll say, like, I know the rock is right, because he does mm-hmm. like catchphrases. But I, I every time I watch Bret Hart back, even the early stuff, like he's not even anywhere near bad on the mic. Nope. No. It's he just it's not he takes it seriously, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I don't see a problem with a guy approaching a fight seriously, you know, and like I get it. Like Brett isn't the best talker. Admittedly, he'll say that, but like he was nowhere near brutal and like the way people like to reinvent history and say, well, he wasn't he wasn't good on the mic. Dismissed. Like that's it. And well, what's the difference between like so Seth Rollins is so unconvincing when he talks mm-hmm. now. Like He's reciting words, whether it's him or go down a list. Well, people of like singing his piece. song, though. Right. But I mean, I you think know? Brett was a better talker than Seth Rollins. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I don't know why I'm picking on Seth Rollins all of a sudden, but you know what I mean? Neither. Like, Brett was good on the mic. This my promo got me hyped. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So let's get into the match. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was super cool. I, we've been really enjoying these fan requests. We talked about it previously there and uh, how, you know, it's so cool. Like Jimmy Hart, um, I like how he takes a shit on Port Washington, New York, when he cuts the yeah. promo that popped me once again, Jimmy, we're all fans of him. Like, you know, looking back, we weren't supposed to be right when we were kids. So exactly. like he was doing his job, but like yeah. when you look back and um, actually, about Jimmy Hart real quick. We had a text message today between us three buds. And John, were you the one that sent the little Bret Hart interview? Yeah. And once again, placing the importance on Jimmy Hart, like Tony Schiavone did, Mike, mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Like, so he was definitely such a key component in a lot of these matches and feuds. Um, hey, hold on one yeah, second. So, oh, sure. Sorry. Jimmy Hart sang Hulk Hogan's theme song, arguably the greatest of all time. Manage was the first manager, kind of got Brett to the next level. That's this another greatest of all time. Um, I feel like you know, we could probably f- find some other ways that he was like in- integral in big names throughout the business, even though he wasn't Bobby the Brain Heenan. Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart is you can absolutely make that case for sure, brother, you know? even before WWF. Mm-hmm. You know, all the stuff in like first Memphis. family, I think. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, he goes to WCW, he manages well at the end of WWF, he ends up managing Hogan. Exactly. Goes yeah. on to WCW, manages Hogan, then has the whole Dungeon of Doom thing. Mm-hmm. He's in the top, like it or not, like he's always in or around the top. And I for sure, if you wanted to make that case, I'd listen. For sure. Yeah. And he's also um not spoil it, but he he is featured on this tape, you know, in a big way. And it was one match after another. You're you're like, uh, oh him again? Like I'm cool with that. Jimmy Hart's always making stuff better and more interesting. Yep. It's funny that you say that because he, you know, this is uh one of like four matches he had. We've seen him already. I'm like, they should just make a manager's profile on this guy because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what this tape has. I'm going on the blinds. Well, and... listen, man, maybe you never know. Right? You never know. <laughs> That's why we tune in. <laughs> yeah. So this one is from the London Arena, 
mm-hmm. which is man, they're they're just cool, aren't they? These matches when they're just yeah at these different places, just you get that different flavor. Um, Tony Schiavone, Lord Alfred Hayes, his lordship on the mic. Um, yeah, this one, uh, solid match, of course. You know, Bret Hart's in there; he can do it with anybody. John Boy, what do you got on this match? Highs and lows. Uh, hmm, I don't know if I have too many lows because, believe it or not, Bret Hart gives people their greatest matches usually ever. And it's probably the best Dino Bravo match I've watched uh, from start to finish where I was like intrigued because you know what I kept thinking? You guys remember when Bret broke his sternum in a Dino Bravo match? Mm. Uh, I was like, thought this was the match maybe. Yeah. They do this spot, right, Mike? It happens the next week. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. They did the same exact spot, but it happens next to the following week. And um, this one's in London, right? Yeah, it happens in another, uh, I think it was in, in Canada, I believe. They came okay. to Canada or something like that, yeah. About but that? yeah, I looked I looked into it. I'm like, I That's know crazy. for a fact. And it's on one of these Coliseum home videos, too, that match. Like, oh, I, don't no, know what, like, I have really? no idea what tape it is, yeah. But um, Because mm. they do that spot, you know, where Bret sure. Hart is on the yeah. apron and, yep. and somebody runs in and they throw them into the guardrail. And famously, Bret Hart broke his sternum against Dino Bravo. So I was thinking that this was the match, but um, and his ribs, and his ribs, man, and Bravo, and Bravo tries to keep getting him in the ring, I believe, and not knowing that he was injured. Mm-hmm. Did Bre- he you talk know. about that in his book and his documentary? Uh, okay, documentary, I definitely so, yeah. heard that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Mike, what do you think about um, the, like I guess the chemistry and uh, the the match itself, the movement? Yeah, I was a fan of this match. It's probably, like you said, Dino Bravo's best match or the match that we talk about that happened the next week. I don't know, but uh, for sure. <laughs> um, I love the entrance by Brett from the steps, the entryway. Awesome. Oh, man, so How cool. How great yep. was that, right? He had um, to pull his shades up so yep. you could see. Did you notice that? Yep. The uh, red concrete pad, the outside pad, the red. It just love pops. It. Um, you know, Bravo doing push-ups with Jimmy on the back. Like, that was awesome. Was great. So once yeah. again, before the bell even starts – They've already got like three things piled on this match. Yeah, right? that has me invested. So um, you can go into the match, John. Oh no, I was gonna say though, because besides the sternum being broke, mm-hmm. um, you know that spot Brett does where he goes chest first into the corner of the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. This one snapped extra hard. I'm like, this guy, man, he he was that bump is so much to take over the years. Yeah. That chest first bump, but Brett was doing it even back then. Um, I'm with you on uh, Dino Bravo's, you know like strong man stuff in the beginning was cool. I love the pacing of this match. Brett's just so good, man. Dude, talk talk about it uh if you want cuz uh, I feel like we could probably go into uh move my move by move and just segment by segment. It is a long match. It was a long match, yeah. 1610, um, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the longest ones, I believe, on the whole deal. It was. Um it's funny like I was never a fan of Dino Bravo. Like, I just, um, I remember he started with the dark hair and like, then he went blonde and like, they tried the dream team thing and then the strong man thing. And, uh, I don't know, man, did, did he ever resonate with you guys? He's right there with honky tonk, man, of guys that I respect, Mm -hmm. but I'm never going to sit there and pop on a, a 10 hour comp on them. They're like, and watch over the course of time. I respect what they did. He had his place. He was like the Hulk Hogan of Montreal, right? where he's from too like he he had his own uh federation there and he was mm-hmm. huge there so uh, i respected he had a place in the business for sure 
yeah. um, tragic ending. Uh, yeah, but as far as going back and watching his matches, no. I kind of was hoping that you guys would have been and like be like, hey, go watch this match. You know what I mean? But like, I, I've just never seen like there's never been anything he's been involved in that I'm like, oh, man, like I really want to. I remember like he did a thing with the warrior and I'm like, get the warrior away from this guy. You know, like yep. every time I was just like, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Rep the hitman heart makes him look like a fucking main eventer. Like as usual, like it, it was so good. This match is so good. Like yep. just an enjoyable old yep. school match, you know, like it was really enjoyable. Like I said, um, like you mentioned, like Jimmy Hart with the, the push-ups and stuff, like once again, just adding that little bit of sizzle, you know, um, yeah, man, this was very enjoyable. And I was shocked, honestly, because like, yep. you know, Bravo to quote John boy, you ever seen paint dry? Like that's what I feel about him normally, yeah, but this sure. was actually very enjoyable. Um, that's credit to. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Now I was going to say one point is credit to that is Lord Alfred Hayes because he gave this such a big match feel. Yeah, he brought this. I mean, and props to him. I mean, this could be the announcing of the the night on this tape because he yeah. made this a big match feel the way he was um putting both these guys over once again and once again the importance of jimmy hart that they talk about in this match mm-hmm. how important jimmy hart i mean dina is to dina bravo's success yep on and on and on so but lord alfred hayes props to him for his i job. agree and like i mentioned it on a previous show like i've never been like a lord alfred hayes uh fan but and i think it was the hogan match was it or yeah i can't place it but he was losing his mind yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this guy is like getting me into this. Like, oh, yeah. imagine that, guys, a commentator getting you into a yes, match. What a it. what a revelation. Right. Like, yep. I agree, dude. Like he brought it. This match was really fun for me. Like if you would have replaced this with the uh, the three announcers of uh, what we go over last week. Uh, yeah. Pritchard, Sean Mooney. Not even oh, like God Pritchard. that. So put these three guys in there, not yeah, putting no. these guys over. Before well, that the was the Duke of that was the Duke of Dorchester. Yeah, like just Good replace grief. these. And that's how important it is. The little things that they did before the match even started, yep. like you're before the match is halfway over, we already got ten things piled up. You know, what I mean, to make this a really good match and make you invested. And yeah, John, I, you mentioned that sternum bump, and then I'll let you go with it. Yeah, um, like he broke his sternum, mm-hmm. and he would still do that. Dude, like that's an insane injury too Man, yeah. like that's crazy man but yeah. go ahead no no i was gonna just say about bravo he's not gonna get a lot of love from all three of us i guess as fans but um mm-hmm. you could try to find i guess some interesting you know little tidbits or anecdotes but um it's interesting that he came from a group of like 80s like the rujos who we'll see later on rick martel and dino bravo were part of a promotion all the same promotion they kind of like it would be um like how ring of honor spawned so many guys mm-hmm. like think about those legends they came kind of came up together they were tied together dino bravo i think you know the body he was a body guy um it never translated with me you were asking us and i i think it was more or less the personality like it's all about for me it was always about the, the promos the personality at least the character and he was very much vanilla they bleached his hair which I don't know if that was a mistake or if it helped. Maybe he would have looked even more generic with the dark hair, but uh, maybe he would have looked more menacing and tough with the dark hair as well as an Italian Canadian. You mentioned you know. like the body guy. He wasn't even a body guy. 
because he just looked like he looked like looked he was bloated. a power lifter. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like if he if he was jacked, I might have like because I thought Billy Jack Haynes was cool back in the day. Yeah, because he was jacked. You know what I mean? Like there was just nothing about him. And no disrespect, rest in peace, Dino. We're not here to take a shit on Dino Bravo, but I just like I really enjoyed his match. So there you yes. go. You got me there. So um surprising ending, guys. Oh yeah. I was actually shocked by this. Shocked. So dropping. Yep. So um I was watching this with Sharon and I I was like, man, this is the start of Brett's rise. This is where <laughs> Brett was beating everybody. Look at him. He's so great. Yep. Blah blah blah. I had to explain Dino Bravo and the unfortunate incident that you know how he passed away. And I was going into that story, but I'm like, you know, but he was kind of like never a big deal. Like this is where little did we know Dino Bravo gets the big W over Brett the Hitman hard on this. Unbelievable. Game. And man, this is like when I was a kid, I started to realize I would watch a lot of stuff like this because Brett was my favorite. And you would start to see these Coliseum videos or, you know, the famous match. Um, was it WrestleMania where they lost um, to the Nasty Boys? I'm sorry. Uh, WrestleMania seven. 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 You know, seven. And uh, there was a that when I was a kid. Legitimate. Right. There was a lot of those kind of things where you'd be like, oh, Brett actually lost. I, I, like it hurt my soul back then. Yeah. It hurt my heart. But um, yeah, Dino Bravo gets to win. Was supposed to kind of grip the tights a little better, maybe. Yeah. Didn't yep. really get it. So, Brett. But did you notice, though, Brett pulls him down, though? Because, mm -hmm. you know, imagine that. Attention to detail. Yep. And in mind. this time frame, if you go back in that era, Dino is still on top with Earthquake going up against Hogan, mm -hmm. whereas Brett is in a tag team still, right? So, technically, on a totem pole, Dino is ahead of Bret Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, yes. right? Yes. And he's still about, Brett's still about a couple years away. I mean, is this 89? Is that right? This is 89. So this is, okay. uh, this is before six yeah. and about six months after WrestleMania five. Mm. So this is before, yeah. So you're going into the uh, whole Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake in 1990. Yep. And Dino was there for all that whole deal. So on a yep. totem pole, I guess it's not that shocking if you go back. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you had the superstar rankings in the magazine at the time, mm -hmm. I think Bravo would be ahead of Brett, but us yeah. watching it. It was shocking, and it was very cool to see 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 this uh, turnout actually. Yeah, and yeah, that's once again the surprising finishes, mm -hmm. you know. And like, it wasn't a finishing move; it was a roll up, you know. Yep. Which once again, it's cool. And our boy Brett once again making somebody yep. look like a million dollars. Um, real quick before we move on from Dino Bravo, I do remember one uh segment with him that I did enjoy. Mm -hmm. Uh, when they were doing the whole world's strongest man thing. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't get it the the bar up, and Jesse pulls it yep. up and helps mm -hmm. him like he was spotting him. Yeah. So there you go. There is something Dino. Yeah, they spoke about this in the uh in the beginning of this match. They spoke about that. Uh, the Jesse was that the Roy? Now was that was on the Superstars or something like that, right? Yeah, I remember that challenge. though. I yeah. remember watching that and being like, For "Oh sure. my god, he cheated!" You know, like yep. as a kid. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so and there how, you go, Mike. How, what'd you uh? Go ahead. I was going to say, how hot was this crowd too? Oh yeah. This crowd was yeah. hot. Yeah. Once again, like um, like we noticed from um what was the name of the WWF event in sorry, WWE recently in Puerto Rico, Night of Champions? Backlash that was backlash. backlash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. When uh when a crowd doesn't have it like all the time, look look how yep. they treat it, you know. For sure. Yeah. It's almost like you want the the wrestling companies now to take it away from us so we <laughs> mm -hmm. show some damn respect to these guys again. Yep. So, Mike, what'd you uh, end up grading this one? 
I gave this a B minus. All right. Hmm. A B minus. Yep. John Boy, did you want to jump in with grades or is, is Mike just going to grade I, all these for us? I'm going to grade the uh, the tape at the end with a nice, okay. uh, with a yeah, nice grade. We'll, I like, we'll all do that. Yeah. I, I like Mike's reviews, though, on these matches. All right. The professor will grade. Yeah. All right. So after that. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I, I did want to say um, Bret Hart's gear because this was 89, right? Like, mm -hmm. so yeah. he was already donning the pink and black. Um, was this uh, like when did he switch to, to the pink though? Because I remember like they still went back to black and red or maroon after this, or was they fully in pink? No, he's in pink, pink, yeah, for sure. They never went I back. I think he changed the material of it. Okay, what is this? So kind of that like electric, like, right? Like, yeah, like... and he had the black heart on this one, yeah, which is different. Um. And it's still that kind of shiny spandex. That's what I mean. Yeah, like that electric. Yeah, uh, neon. yeah. He, yeah, he moves on probably when he goes solo. I would assume it's more of like a fabric uh, spandex, if that makes sense, or like a like a softer looking one. Yeah. Like you said, it's not as like shiny. I think. So for all the fashion students out there in school right <laughs> now, you're getting a little lesson on fabrics. Let us know on yeah. um materials because yeah. this is why you tune in to Kyle's rayon <laughs> neon this is what we talk about listen i mean we're really i just don't want to move on from brett but yeah we have um, to. all right you twist my arm we're not going to talk about anything else guys uh no wrestlers from chicago today <laughs> um we're not going to talk about any more of these matches we're going to talk about brett hart we do have to talk about the greatest of all time though no disrespect to brett hart but there was a craze a media you just craze said the greatest in, of all time. in brussels for hulk hogan in this next segment <laughs> <laughs> the media craze for no holds barred yeah that so thanks for stealing my heat good Sorry. Greek. I, I got the plug hulk we we move on to brussels for a no holds barred segment it's lord alfred hayes um he kind of end up giving us a history lesson here a world tour yeah we move on to paris you know he gives us a little history lesson we go to london you know we're all over the place with lord alfred hayes the gentleman um did you have anything else on this segment mike um as far as what this here uh now this was actually in barcelona not that it matters but uh okay yeah it was in What's barcelona that? brussels i was i was actually Googling because I'm trying to think where is Brussels? Brussels is not over in that area. Brussels is somewhere completely different. No, they no. mentioned that it's in Brussels. That's what he said. Yeah, there really? was a media crazy yeah. in Brussels for no holds bar. But then what Duke is saying is Lord Alfred takes us on a literal no. world tour. Yeah. Okay, I'm wrong then. Yeah, I'm wrong. I thought it was in Barcelona when he was mm -hmm. there with the with the cutout and everything else. I thought that was in Barcelona. I think he they were bouncing around for okay. Logan, though, too. They, so yeah, he might maybe. be right as well. That um, graphic was super cool, by the way. Absolutely. That yeah. Large cutout of Hogan. Sure. It almost looked like comic book art. It was really neat. Yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed the whole tour of Big Ben. Yeah, the, uh, the Trader. What was it called? The Trader Gate. Like uh, yeah, the Trader Gate thing. Yeah, you really know. learned stuff. You really did. Like yep. Napoleon's little thing he had yep. there. Napoleon's in Paris. memorial. The Louvre. Yeah, like Buckingham was, Palace. Yeah, I so think uh, a, this is the stuff I actually was looking forward to when we were doing Coliseum Classics. Was um these little weird. You know, not yeah. so much the matches, which are fun, but like these weird segments where you get stuff like this. It's just fun. I mean, it was entertaining, though, because it wasn't like if you talk to a lot of people, they might say this is boring. What do I need this? And mm -hmm. like you said, it was a history lesson. And he takes Literally. pride in this because this is like his hometown, like his yeah. his backyard. So yeah. what a better man to do it than this. I mean, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I gave it a B minus as far as a segment. 
All right. There you and go. just to let you know, like when I do these grades, not that it matters, but like, you know how like uh, when you're in school, you would get like a midterm that was like 40% of your grade. And I didn't like, go to school. Final. <laughs> and then, you know, like some tests were worth like 20% of your grade. So this was only like 5% of the total grade at the end of the tape that I would give. Like the segments, each each like the opening card match was different than the main event match. The main event match was more more of a percentage, more like a final exam type of deal. That makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah there's, so. there's a lot more stock and stake in that main event spot than this like, segment with Lord Alfred. Right. But this is a B minus though, which is good. So I liked it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed it, it too. too. Yeah. I think um like you you literally got a history lesson. Like mm -hmm. he literally was schooling me and I was just listening to the his lordship. So then we kick it back to Sean Mooney once again in that awesome Coliseum home video center. We need a name for this place. Yeah, how about the? Uh, they don't. They don't name it. Do that's they? Not the at control, any point? That's not the control center. That's, I don't think they ever name it. AEW, bro. Uh, uh, well, it's the the Coliseum Control Center. We'll call it. I don't know, but it's got such an amazing set, man. It's decked out and yeah, it's you beautiful. Know, oh, it's Henceforth, great. it should be known as the Coliseum Home Video. What are we calling it? Coliseum Control Center. Coliseum the Coliseum Control, control Center. It's like yeah. when John can't tell us the title that. Roman Reigns currently holds John. What the, is it? The WWE Universal World Heavyweight Championship. And there's no world in there, right? Let's just mess it up again. I was about to tell you you were right. <laughs> Yo, he can't say it. It's I great. Cannot I remember it. It's it too doesn't much. matter. We're talking old school right now. <laughs> yeah. So we're back in the Coliseum Control Center. Mm -hmm. That's what we're calling it. We're tra trademarking that. Um it's back to Sean Mooney. Mike, it's like you're a clairvoyant, brother. Because here we are with a manager profile yeah. of the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Give it to me straight. Yeah, I love the whole, uh, like I said, I was surprised in the beginning why they did this. Obviously, it was for all reason, because I didn't know. Did you guys know any matches on this previous? Mm -mm. Nope. Yeah, so that's why I was like, why are they featuring Jimmy Hart so much? And Because they never like clarified in the beginning, like, he's going to be on the whole entire tape. So I was loving it. And in the backstage there uh, talking about honky tonk man's million dollar sales record. <laughs> and he called Greg the, uh, what do you call him? Uh, yeah. Greg what the, did he call him? I Greg the I pelvis, it out. Greg the pelvis Valentine. That's what he called him. The pelvis the pelvis. Yeah. Cause he's doing his hips. Yeah. The hips. Yeah. yeah I sure. could not make yeah. out what he said, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because this is all taking place. Like his, whenever they did this, um at like after wrestlemania 6 because he talks about the bushwhackers mm -hmm. and yet the matches coming up are like at five so once again we have a mm. huge discrepancy yep. so i don't like the uh not to put a thing like, like the placement of this yeah it's not so much where it should be i'm a stickler for that like i you're you know it's going it's like we're in a you know tarantino movie going back and forth here mm -hmm. but uh, it is what it is uh but um no i i loved way he's putting it over then he went into dino bravo and hulk hogan the earth with the earthquake i thought it was great profile and building up his guys he actually uh to uh just counteract what john just said he said yeah. that hulk hogan is not the greatest of all time that it is in fact that big canadian earthquake yeah i know Dude, so you know we might have to debate this on no sold one we got to get jimmy hard in here he'll he'll settle it He's, you know, yeah, he's, I thought he's he... been around Brett and Hogan. Who better to tell us who the greatest of all time is? You know, Jimmy I Hart. thought about that during this manager profile. You kind of like just get lost in Jimmy Hart a little bit. And I'm like, man, like 
he did manage Bret Hart. Like that happened, you know, like you don't really think about him when you think about Bret's career, but mm-hmm. like he did, man. Yeah. And, and in yeah. informative years too, like when Bret really got going, like Jimmy Hart was there. So once again, yeah. a shout out to the mouth of the South. You got anything else on this manager segment, John boy? When you're on top, you let it rock. Those were words from uh, Jimmy Hart at the end of his segment. So That's let's true. rock. I gave that, a B, gave that a B minus as a manager's profile thing. I think as opposed B- to Bobby to bring Heaton, right? Who, what was that? Two episodes ago when he had his oh, manager's man. profile. Yeah. That was brutal, right? I think I gave that like a C minus or a D plus. Yep. This was really good. He did his job of highlighting the guys he needs to highlight and moving on to his next mm. guy. Very fluid, very convincing. I liked it. B minus. Yeah. And that other segment, you guys can check that out on the uh, the Villains of the Squared Circle episode that we did. Such a surprising mm-hmm. loss. For Mail, the, for he mailed brain. it in. Brain did. He on that did, one. man. What like, he's, you talk about a guy that it's like just so, just can go off the top of his head. And like, yeah. we were expecting a lot and it just didn't work. It was interesting. Yep. So what you rated this a what? I'm sorry, a B, a B on a pro uh, manager's profile uh-huh. scale, a B minus. B minus. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, you're not going to get any argument from us. Apparently, yeah. we're big uh, Jimmy Hart fans. Yeah. We just didn't know it. Megaphones in the mail. Um. <laughs> then we move on. I wish, man, Jimmy, if you're listening, autographed megaphone. Yeah. I'm thinking about being him for Halloween. By the way, Jimmy you can Hart. Pull that you can definitely pull that. Be sweet. Yeah, you got the yeah. beard. Yeah, you got to get the beard going. You got it. Yeah, you I got to grow my beard back. You got to get that high pitch going. That's tough. What, like this, baby? I can do that. Just give me a megaphone. I can talk <laughs> all night like this. Come on. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I can do it all, baby. You want me to get deep? <laughs> I can get deep, too, like this. Or a... Sharon, Sharon that's, saying... a, that's an A-plus, man, right there. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty damn good. You close your eyes. That's Jimmy Hart, ladies and gentlemen. My only thing, guys, if you're listening for the first time, I like to make Zern laugh. And if I can make Zern laugh a couple of times during this podcast, we're doing our job. Check what were you saying about your, what were you t- saying about Sharon? Oh, no, she was just saying how annoying Jimmy Hart was. Uh, because oh. he was all over this car. I'll be I'm sure like. to speak like this when you guys move. Yeah, yeah. Just show up with the megaphone. I was going to say, please. I can over. say whatever I want if I'm moving her boxes, right? That's right. That's Duke, <laughs> Duke with the, the, the uh, megaphone yelling, pivot, pivot. <laughs> and that voice. <laughs> I would pay oh, money man. for that. Dude, nothing, he adds nothing so get much, man. You know that? Like, he adds so much with that yeah. megaphone. Like, sure. Iconic, man. man. Iconic. He is, for sure. Yeah. I was going to say something about, you know, so Sanjay is definitely mirroring some Jimmy Hart lately, I've noticed. He's got mm-hmm. the pencil. Sure. But, like, hey, you know what? He's the only manager I think is actually doing pretty good right now. So, I guess, do imitate the best. Yeah, you know? man. He's doing a and good Don job. Cal. And Don Cal. Oh, he's great, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because not to go on like an AEW, you know, you know, get off too far. You guys can actually check out John and Frank yeah. um, on uh, Talk Elite, which is all about all elite wrestling. Um, the newest episode that dropped this week, uh, Talk Elite Nuclear Heat. Be sure to check that out. But um. That's one thing about AEW. I think that they kind of cheer the good guys and boo the bad guys for the most part. You know, there are some polarizing guys. Obviously, when Punk comes back, that'll be interesting to see. But I do think that's cool about their fans that they kind of... And I think Don Callis, you know, you screw over the biggest babyface, arguably, Kenny Omega. Like, people love him there. So 
it's cool that he's getting that heat, you know. And Don Callis, in my opinion, has always been a mind in pro wrestling. Like I liked him back when he was the Jackal. I just think yep. uh, they just didn't really get it with him. But good for him and good for Sanjay. Yeah, good for Sanjay. <clears throat> so now we're gonna move on. If it's all right with you guys, mm. this is a Coliseum home video exclusive. Mm. Not getting it anywhere from- else. Nowhere else, baby. No. Be sure to check this out on Peacock. If you're just tuning in, it's WWF World Tour 1990. So this one takes place from Paris, France. Here it is, baby. Gorilla Monsoon on the on the commentary with Lord Alfred Hayes. So a little different than what I prefer. But anytime I get a chance to hear Gorilla, I'm into it. And it's these fabulous Rougeau brothers taking on those rockers mm. Shawn Michaels and Mari Janetti. you guys might have heard of Shawn Michaels um arguably one of the greatest of all time if you ask one of the hosts one of the members of the no sold a wrestling podcast crew, uh Frank he might say otherwise didn't make the top 10 all-time greatest of all time did Shawn Michaels but you know listen Hey, man, we all make mistakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think if Frank could take that back, he would. Much like, you know, I would love to sit here and, and put Bret Hart back at that number one spot. We just, we we fuck up sometimes. That's the only time I say that word. We do, but, and sometimes, yeah. you know, the obvious thing is the right answer, you know? Shawn and, Michaels uh, uh, in a top 10 is indisputable, though. Bret Hart is number one. Is, you can dispute that one. We'll mm. have to we'll have to check out No Sold for that one, pal. Episode 50, Who's the Goat? Check it out. Because this is a young Shawn Michaels. It is. This is a, a lad, if you will. <laughs> um, the Rockers were crazy popular back then. Um, I'd lived it. You guys, were you in at this time? When, like, when the Rockers were around, were you guys in or was it a little later? So I was not, I was a Heart Foundation fan. Okay. My cousin was big on the rockers. I had the little action figures, the Hasbro's, the oh, Shawn yeah. Michaels jumped, you know, and yep. I would always try yep. to beat him up with the with the Bret Hart <laughs> one. But um, you know, little did I know I would learn learn to love Shawn Michaels so much. Um But you couldn't like both? Uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't like what my cousin liked. And okay. he couldn't like what I liked. We were just competitive. Okay. So he All had right. claimed the rockers. I claimed the Heart Foundation. Well, yeah. you missed out, pal. I to did. this day. I like both. To this day, it still happens. Yeah, today's day still happens. Yeah, but yes, I I mean, look, the uh, the heel turn that might have been the first heel that I really gravitated towards was that mm. Shawn Michaels character when he turned on Marty. But um, mm-hmm. I'm getting way ahead of our, our. I wanted to say real quick on this match, the entrance through that glass case was so cool, super and cool. different, and being in France, the mm-hmm. Canal Plus giant font on the ring apron, mm-hmm. yep, just very interesting. And these are the hidden gems you find on these Coliseum videos because I was like exclusive. Exclusive. Exclusive to this video. And I did Mike, mention the Ruchos earlier, and this was a great opponent for, for the Rockers. Before we get into the match, like, were you a Rockers fan? Like, as were you around for this? Were you watching when the Rockers were? Oh, yeah. I started watching in 85. Okay. I was five years old when I started watching um, uh, Hogan Kamala. We talked about that last episode, but uh, not for sure. But Rockers were probably my fourth favorite tag team at this time. Um, in the WWF, not included NWA, then they might be nine or eleven at the time. Holy that mackerel! Yeah. So knowing, your, your... No, knowing you, Mike, I'm going to guess your favorite tag, tag teams were the Orient Express, yeah. 
the Bolsheviks. He liked all the <laughs> foreigners back then. It no, like. see if you can actually guess. All right, your, your favorite teams. They were number four, the Rockers were? In the WWF, probably at this time, because you're talking about demolition. You're talking about uh, demolition coming off. This Brain is right busters. before. This is right after WrestleMania five. So powers of pain are around. I like the powers of pain coming from the NWA. Mm-hmm. I like them guys. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Let John. About the, how about the, oh, okay. the brain busters? Were they up in there? Yeah, they're about to leave, but absolutely. And the heart yeah, foundation, yeah. you would obviously prefer over heart foundation. The for sure. Yeah. So you're already at four right there. Yeah. Yeah. So heart foundation, brain busters, demolition. Yeah. Right. And the then top. the rockers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about before, there's some heavy hitters in this yeah, time yeah. frame. For sure. 88, 89, 87. Um, heavy hitters, attack team. It's not to be ashamed to be the top uh, a ten. You know I mean, at this point, you know I mean, in all of wrestling, AWA, w, NWA, WWF. Mm-hmm. So, but I did like them a lot, though, for sure. And yeah. their music was good. Everything about yeah, them. hell yeah. I, from the beginning of their career to the very uh to the breakup, I you now I lived the whole entire thing live. And um, even if yeah, no today, now all time, uh, we did this list before all time greatest tag teams, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what episode that is, Johnny, but uh, I think I had the Rockers like maybe fifteenth of all time or something like that. I'll have to mm-hmm. go back and check that. Yeah. Oh wow! I yeah. See, man, the Rockers, um, their run wasn't super long in the WWF. No, it was like and they had a run beforehand. Yeah. The World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Titles, not officially, yeah. no, which is no crazy. Sir. No sir. Um, I was a big Rockers fan. I've talked about this previously. My friend Mike Fideko, rest in peace, Mike. Mm-hmm. We used to be the Rockers. We would fight over who would be Shawn Michaels. We would tie bandanas around our our wrists, and we would wrestle pillows, (laughs) and we would have tag team matches. And I remember, like, being a young kid and, like, arguing about who would be Shawn and stuff. So it's funny that even back then, like, like Brett, again, like, you saw something in him. Marty Jannetty was cool, but, like, Shawn, even in this match, like, Shawn was, like, built good like he was pretty jacked man for like being a tag team guy like he's got the traps going on obviously a good looking dude charismatic just so fluid in the ring you know um as we get into the match we'll talk about that more but uh and then the rujos we've talked about them previously too how they're kind of underrated you know um especially jacques like jacques was so good especially mm-hmm. like as a heel in my opinion um and he loved it man he had a lot of fun doing it uh when he eventually for those that don't know Jacques Rougeau goes on to become the Mountie and the WWF and um you know I remember like being a kid and like hating the Mountie and like now I look and I'm like what an idiot like I mean mm-hmm. I was supposed to but for he sure. just had so much fun you know yeah. <laughs> like he was almost like ribbing the fans, you know, and um, yeah. but this match, uh, John, if you want to get us into this one, I just want to say one thing. I actually sure, got a question sure. for you. Talk about the Rockers, because yeah. this WrestleMania five, you were there. I were was. you heartbroken that them Twin Towers demolished them? Oh, oh my gosh. God, dude, man, that, I hated that as a kid. Oh, man. So that like that tore me apart. And I don't know if you guys remember the WWF classic cards. That was a card I probably had 10 of like doubles i mean 10 10 of the same cards when it was that wrestlemania the wrestlemania edition was when the twin towers you know squashed uh demolished them demolished them so that was heartbreaking so i did have like an emotional tie to them getting back to that that's that's yeah. why i wanted to say 
It just wasn't as much as the Hart Foundation. And they had some great chemistry with the Orient Express. I mean, they were they oh, yeah. good matches. Obviously, they had a history um, previously to uh, WWF. But I'm sorry, John. Yeah, oh, no, and no. real quick about that history, Mike, if you want to school us on that, you're talking about the Midnight Rockers yeah. in AWA and yeah. Bad, Company Bad Company in the AWA. Yeah. So for those that don't know, why don't you school us a little bit? Now, you're more of a historian than that. You can say it better than me. Well, yeah, the Orient Express, yeah. Um, it was originally, it was Sato and Tanaka. Sato and Tanaka. And then yep. Sato left. And then it became Cato and Tanaka. Mm -hmm. And Cato was a masked American. I, well, yep. actually, Paul Dime was Canadian, wasn't he? No, I thought he was Hawaiian. No. Oh, was he? No. Oh, yeah. Paul, Pat Tanaka was. Oh, yeah. Pat Tanaka. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. ethnicity. But sure, yeah. uh, Paul Dime was a white guy. I don't yeah. know if he was Canadian <laughs> or what, but they popped yeah. a mask on him. Yeah. And it's because they worked previously as bad company. Yep. In the AWA. So there's that chemistry right there with uh, the Orient Express and the now known as the Rockers, formerly known as the Midnight Rockers. Um, yeah. So that was that's a cool little Easter egg there. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah, I was going to say. Match, uh, sure. Yeah, I was going to say how Sean, you know, very green, apparently comes out and hits his finish two seconds into the match. <laughs> the big switch in music. Yep. Him yep. and Marty with the double super kick. Um, man, oh man, like that was just a spot move back then, much like it has turned oh, back into now. Exactly. I was gonna say, how about that? You're right, right. It started it the way that way, and now it is that way. Um, so Marty, Janetti, and Sean hitting those super kicks right off the bat. It didn't have the same effect yet, apparently. Guys would just roll out of the ring. They weren't, you know, dead from it. He but, wasn't um, training his legs. He yeah. ended up he started training his legs seven, seven hours a day. Yeah, ran 19 miles a day. So, yeah, but you mentioned the um, great heel work of specifically Jacques Rougeau because he, you know, he's the one that stands out and um, they were great heels as a team. But yeah, Jacques, you know, he's doesn't look like the most athletic guy um, and he's probably not, but he always was able to kind of get the crowd invested as a heel. And that's where you got to give him his props and respect. And he's another guy I've grown. The, like you said, you were you, you were. Not in on the Mountie, but that was your job. You know, or, mm -hmm. you know that was his job yep. to make you not be in on him. I remember yep. the um, the match versus the boss man at SummerSlam 91. You know, the go to jail match, the prison match. Loser goes to prison and him flipping off the camera. And like he he was he had such a great personality, man. Like once they let him loose, like he was yep. a very underrated um, like For talker. Sure. You know, even though he had the accent slightly, but uh, they were great in this match. There was a lot, you know, once again, we got rest holds in this match. A lot like this stuff earlier with Snuka, you know, it's the formula. Like I said, it's the baby faces, the heels and the manager and uh, and, and a good commentary team. And once again, there was good banter between Gorilla. Oh, and man, I'm Lord glad Alfred. you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Are you talking about the stuff where they work together in France? So good, man. Just the little inside jokes, you know, with him and Gorilla and like. Yeah, man, super fun, super enjoyable to listen to. And That's he like made. I'm sorry, go ahead, John. No, Mike, go ahead. I just want to say what you guys were talking about. That like in the middle of that conversation, they talked about a deceased promoter, and he was like making yep. light, like light of it, like it was. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm like, what are you he's like, uh, yeah, that guy stiffed me, you know. He and then he's like, oh, he's not really with us anymore, is he, Lord? And he's like, oh no, he passed on a few years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, was that uh, G was that Gino Brito? 
I, I didn't get the name of them. Not sure. They didn't say yeah. it. They okay, because I was trying to find out who that was. Because no, they said him by name. They did oh, say they, his name. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was probably like I felt like during this match they weren't concentrating on the match. They were just they like, weren't no. they weren't in the business for themselves and just yeah. yapping. So I was concentrating more on the match versus yeah. you know look what's in front of me right versus yeah, yeah, the. Yeah. But once I heard like oh he's not with us anymore, I had to like rewind it for a couple seconds. I had to go back. Nah, I'm like what did he just say? They went full Excalibur and Taz on dark on this one, pal. Yep. They sure. were just no. The thing is, like they this banter though, um, it's it's like during the rest holds, like I said earlier. Yeah, like, you can get a glimpse into their like their personalities, and you feel like you're just kind of eavesdropping on two friends talking mm-hmm. or shooting the shooting the breeze and um, the inside jokes you guys mentioned. So believe it or not, um, this discourse they were having, like I enjoy that more than the match. I, I just I, the match wasn't really the best in my opinion mm-hmm. if it, 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 the way it was paced out as much as i love these guys in, in the match um it didn't feel like they had an idea what they were going to do out there i almost want to say like they just kind of like let's call it in the ring type mentality but this mm-hmm. one was almost too um i guess what would you guys call it i guess um what, what would you say yeah i know what you're saying you you feel like you know they're in they're doing a house show essentially and, you know, they're like, yeah, we'll just go out there and have fun. You know what I mean? And um, I actually liked that about it. Like, yeah. I liked, you know, um, I forget what move, if it was a sleeper or a leg lock or something. But then they do the, you know, the big fake tag where they clap their hands. Yeah. And, like, they switch spots. Sean and Marty switch spots. And, like, the ref comes in. And he's like, well, I heard it, you know. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed that because it's like you said, it's that old school formula. It's, you know, and they're kind of just having fun out there um i tried to take what you guys said actually um previously i'm like you put yourself in that six-year-old mindset when you're sitting in front of the tv you just pop in one of these tapes so i'm trying to do that myself and um i am enjoying it more now yeah and for that reason like where for sure is this a classic that i need to watch again you know probably not but like i did enjoy it I enjoyed the match and I'm a big Jacques Rougeau fan, um, you know, retroactively. Um, he's actually on my list of like guys that I would like to meet. Mm-hmm. Random. Seems like but, a nice dude, honestly. Yeah, Seriously. I just I don't know. I feel like he has a charm about him, mm-hmm. and, you know, like I don't know what it is. Yeah, for sure. I also want to say that this match was on the same card as our main event. I won't spoil it. So there yeah. is an outside chance that uh one of those main event guys told these high flying mm. acrobatic athletic gentlemen mm-hmm. to not steal his his shine so maybe it's not the, the fault of the of the rujos and the rockers to uh tame this match down a little bit it surprised me too I don't because think he would ever do that just for the record but it surprised me because this is the uh third match on the card too and the two matches that preceded that was were not good matches like mm. on, on paper so i was kind of surprised they didn't have more of a the High third client. match of this Paris France card, correct? Yes. So give us the first two. I, I, I you're putting me on a spot. I forget. I know. Oh, I uh, thought. Yeah, I, I didn't, thought I, you had him in front of you. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. But uh, point is, so like when I when I read that, I was like, God, I thought that they would give more in this match, but maybe they were just trying some stuff out. Even though this is mm-hmm. a more than a house show, this is a big, a big card for sure. Um, big payday for everybody. So, but I mean, to them, like. 
oh, we're taping this for Coliseum Home Video. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they were. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was fun. All right, so you guys hated it. So, Mike, what you? <laughs> I'm joking. It's still yeah. what you? I definitely, grade, didn't hate, I definitely didn't hate it. A couple things I want to point out. I don't know if you guys, yeah. I wanted to, I appreciate that old school ref uniform. Like the, uh, how, how they, I don't know if you guys noticed how he was dressed out, but I, I really appreciate that. And did you notice who was the, the ref in this one? That would be Dave Hebner. Did he have the cast on in this one? Yes. That's, that's okay. the second thing I yeah. want. He had pit, he had pins and plates put in there from, uh, two weeks prior to this, uh, pay per view, uh, this the plastic shit. surgery. Yes. Plastic yeah. surgery <laughs> on his arm. <laughs> yeah. He, he got that at a, at a house show. I was like, uh, I noticed uh, that cast twice in this, you know, he's on a, this tape twice. So, um, he got that at a house show falling out of a ring by accident, but, uh, yeah, I really appreciate the old school referee look as opposed to, you know, the look of today, you know what I mean? Compared mm-hmm. that, um, and, uh, I don't think I also have anything else in that match. Uh, oh, the, uh, John, you might've noticed this, the camera angles shot from there. So, um, what was the company, uh, on the apron, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier. It was canal plus oh, canal, canal yeah. plus. So they have different, uh, positions that they are allowed to as opposed to the u.s that they're allowed to looking into it so the camera points are much different as opposed to an msg uh show they're kind of uh shot differently um maybe not to the eye but i I noticed it like why does this look a little bit different there's different angles and everything if you go back to watch it there the cameras are at different spots as opposed that this match took place at in in, in the states and this was their their rules in-house mm. in, in-house rules but oh that's interesting um that's yeah i gave this uh a b a b minus i did enjoy this match overall All right. um i enjoyed the commentary i mean they did go into them for business for themselves for a little bit so that kind of got like sidetracked but yeah it was it was good yeah like you said though john like i liked that i liked the like Man. little side stories with oh them. yeah i love that i was cracking up yeah felt like you're there with them yeah, yeah sure. for sure like you said that's i think that's a great like analogy it's like you're kind of like spying on no oh, what are these guys saying because like, no, <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't care the, that night no for <laughs> sure no that was yeah that was enjoyable for me and going right, back so to what, beat, i'm sorry sorry i was just saying going back to what john said too uh the, the entrance way this match once again they, they added some things to the plate before the match even started that and having their own ring announcer there was good oh, yeah was, mm. never heard of him before it was his name cherry terry chatter but it was good for him to come on. It gave it like a different feel. Yeah, you know I mean, as opposed and to some Jabron. gorilla once again. Like, yeah, oh man, gorilla like, was great. Yeah. I don't know what he said right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. and Lord Alfred is yep. letting us know what he says. Like he knows what he's saying. Exactly. He yeah. You know, but it was it was good. A lot of detail there. I liked it. Yeah, that was enjoyable for me, man. And once again, like we've talked about it a million times, Gorilla Monsoon, like that childhood of your. I'm sorry the soundtrack of your childhood like mm-hmm. it just puts me in such a good mood we talked yes. about this before like i just smile so much you know when i watch this stuff like it's just you know yeah. it's just so refreshing to um because you know i'm still i've been in and out of wrestling you know like but i'm i'm always listening you know mm-hmm. and like i i might not watch it like i used to like um you know, every Monday and Wednesday and Friday and now Saturday and et cetera. But like, this makes me like, remember why I love pro wrestling. You know, this, this journey is really cool for that. 
also obviously two of my best buds, my brothers, you know, to talk to you guys and do this is obviously a pleasure. But like um, this makes you it reminds you why you fell in love with pro wrestling, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't end this segment without talking about that theme music either, man. Out of all American boys. When John was talking, that, that theme song was in my head. That's why I started laughing. I'm like, in my mind. <laughs> like that, that did, theme song. Did the great, Math man. of the South write that one too, John Boy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm um oh yeah. And besides that, he he wrote he wrote Shawn Michaels, who's also in the match. Matt and Jimmy Hart wrote this. How about that? So Jimmy Hart. We're just crowning Jimmy Hart on this tape, is what I realized. Didn't Jimmy um sing that? initially too did you tell me that vince yes. did oh my god vince really? sang the sexy boy theme before and there's a recorded version on youtube if anybody wants to check oh it out. my god it's great <laughs> it's just good it's like it should have been used but then wow mm-hmm. how about that mm. yeah frank is uh frank's gonna have to hear about this one yeah Shawn michaels and vince mcmahon is two favorite people <laughs> good grief all right uh, one thing I did want to say, though, um, on the way out, though, I just feel like with the Rockers and like the Hart Foundation seeing their roots, like Brett, where he was at this time, um, and then like where the Rockers were, like how they were sort of on the same trajectory their whole careers. Obviously, that's been noted, but just seeing young Sean and young Brett on the same Coliseum tape was cool. Absolutely. And, you know, you could see it, man. You could see it coming. Like, yeah. You could see who was the star on the team, you know, all due respect to all mm-hmm. four guys, you know, like I, I think Marty Jannetty is grossly underrated, honestly, mm-hmm. but um, for his in-ring work. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the whole deal, like you could definitely see, you know, you could see it coming. You could see who the star of the team was in both cases, in my opinion, and even we talked about it previously, how they even kind of tried to push the anvil. You know, he would talk for the team, mm-hmm. you know, but um, you can't stop greatness, man. It's going to happen like you can you can contain it and you can try to manage it. But I think um, we've seen time and time again in pro wrestling. Brian Danielson is the biggest name that comes to mind, but mm-hmm. people are going to demand it at some point. You know, yeah. you can't stop greatness. And uh He's still going today and one of the best. Yeah, side note, really, really quick. I just want to ask you guys fun question, but uh, you said you you could see it coming a mile away between Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, the, the members of each team that were going to be stars. The crowd also probably, I think, wanted it, right? Like they were the, the ones the crowd chose. Um, eventually later on, like I think Vince tried to manufacture this like star of the teams type stuff, like, like Edge. He chose Edge to be... Mm-hmm basically chose edge because really he gave him all the accolades under the sun and like forced you to think that he was the like so great like even though he had a really good career but like was edge as great as 14 time champion great or was edge just you know a good wrestler who you know might have just been better off um as a main event semi-main eventer but my, my point is like brett and sean were like undeniable but eventually they started to like manufacture the stars of the team, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's, it's an awesome, it became a different thing. That's an awesome point. So you can think about it. They might've even started the trend. If that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not like they ever broke up the road warriors and made animal. Yeah. You know? I mean, they didn't break up mm-hmm. money Inc because money Inc were two singles into a tag team. Um, mm-hmm. uh, natural disaster, same thing, two singles into a tag. It was like reverse, right? 
So, and a lot of tag teams at that point were or Lord and Barbarian. They didn't really choose either one, I guess, right? Maybe. Well, one. no, they're but they were both singles before that tag team. That's though. true. That's true. And then, and then after that, that didn't last, and then they singled out again. But they're, I mean, they're you know, Rockers like were guys. like a tag team, right? Like mm-hmm. through and through. Oh yeah. yeah. So what you said yeah. is absolutely right. I mean, I think they might have actually set that trend to to a bad thing though because like you said vince might be like oh this worked this formula worked now we got to do it throughout mm-hmm. and then you forgot about christian you forget about some guys that Matt hardy and yeah you know so on and so forth yeah but edge was a single before anything though like don't forget that like vince loved him he did i, I don't want to say from the gate but i mean he got pretty I mean, remember, he had vignettes, like, he, he had did. the whole deal, like, he debuted, I think he beat Owen in his first match, didn't he? That was that breakdown, it wasn't his first match, but uh, that was very... His first pay-per-view match, was yeah, it, or no? Yeah, Okay, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's a big deal, beating Owen no, hard on pay-per-view, yeah. like... But maybe it's just my perception, but I, I never felt like, and we watched Edge's whole entire career, like, Ed, Bret Hart was undeniably going absolutely. up, 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 100%. up, and just, Edge felt forced, 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 until you just were like, yeah. okay, I guess he's great. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I mean, but I do think there are a lot of people that do love Edge, and some people would even crown him as the greatest of all time. I mean, it's a different time. It's I don't know. It's it's hard to, but I mean, right? Like we lived it too. You know, we lived it from the gate. Um, and I think Edge is good for sure. Yeah, Edge is really really good. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I don't think he was like um. I think we all agree that Edge was going to be a star. That's fair, right? Yeah, but I don't think he lived up to his like potential. Really? Not. I don't. Oh wow! I seen him as a mid car, especially remember he came out in Canada mm. and got booed. Okay. Right. What was that, John in Toronto? Not in Toronto, but remember that was that yes, Jeff Jarrett, or what are we talking about here? Um, he came out. That's that kind of started his downfall. It turned into his heel turn when he came out in Canada after when he had the neck neck injury. Oh yeah, yeah, got, yeah. And he got booed. At that point, I'm like, he's done. Like, he might just be at this level forever. Like, I, if you would have mm. told me two years from now, he's going to be fighting Cena for the, you know, I mean, all this other stuff. Right. Like, you didn't you're, see that coming. You're wrong. Yeah. So, to your, yeah, I think they, they took that and shoved him down your throat. They did. So, yeah. They just kept trying with Edge over and over. And, you yeah. Know. And I, I agree with that. But I do think that he, I could see like, oh, yeah, this guy's got charisma. Like, he's a, he was a pretty big dude. Yeah, like he definitely had a look to him. He was good in the ring. Like I, I think Edge was good in the ring. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't think he's no. Is he fourteen time world yeah. champion? Good, absolutely not. But like, I think that's just the yeah kind of where we're at now. Yeah. Right? I was just thinking, yeah, with the guys, the how it used to be with you know, Sean and Brett, yeah. how it was just like, yeah, can't deny it. They were just I so agree. great. Yeah, these other guys after Jeff I, Hardy, I, I don't know. Some people argue it was undeniable, right? But yeah. I think that Edge definitely had something to him, like an undeniable thing, but not to the point of like, you know, a greatest of all time thing. You know, I'll say that not to the extent of Brett and Sean, you know? Yeah, because he started off for me like up here, like you said, the vignettes that he had were crazy. Not to get on the Edge rant, but Mm -hmm. so for me, he went from up here all the way down here. Me too. And so he came back recently. Then he started working his way back up. So mm-hmm. there's multiple years. I mean, I probably only liked him maybe two and a half years of his career. Three Isn't years. That funny. Like, so uh, Edge had about a 20 year run here, yeah. uh, maybe 20, 25 year run, actually. And um, I think I liked the beginning part and the, and the, and the end chapter, like yep. everything in between. I, I'm, you know, 
Not so. I don't know how we got on the. I mean, that was my bad. We got on edge talk. That nah, was a great, great, excellent point. Uh, John, this point, is so. a this is a pro wrestling podcast. Yeah. Mm, okay. And edge at some point, he might even appear on one of these Coliseum <laughs> home videos. You never know. I'd re- yeah, yeah. I'd hope we see Christian instead of. Edge, I think but... that there are probably pro wrestling fans listening to us. There are probably some edge fans. Edge so, heads. You know, we're gonna talk wrestling. Sometimes yeah. we're gonna take detours, right? Like that's, that's what right. we do. That's what we do. Yep. We should you got anything a... else on Edge? Did you want to talk about any wrestlers from Chicago? <laughs> no, we I, I want to talk about Japan. The Egg Dome? Mm. I want to talk about the Wrestling Summit. All right, guys, let me take you on a journey yes. to Tokyo, Japan. The Egg Dome, the World Wrestling Federation Championship being defended in Japan. It didn't happen a whole bunch, guys. So this is a special match. This is the ultimate warrior defending the WWF title against the million-dollar champion, (laughs) the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, Vince McMahon, and Jesse the Body Ventura on commentary. I know that made one person very happy. What do you got on this one, Zern? (laughs) You mispronounce his name, though. He's the million-dollar yen, as they announced him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which was pretty good play on words. How much How much yen is that, McMahon? Yeah. <laughs> this is all you, Johnny boy. Oh, no, the million-dollar uh, million yen. Uh, look, the ring looks so cool. The entrance looks so cool. The mm-hmm. arena. I want to hear what you guys, though, think about this crowd, though, because I found it very interesting. I feel like they were cheering for every move Ted did, but... Like were they cheering or were they just ooing and eyeing? No, nah, that was no. a yeah. That was a um I have that in my notes actually. That's a total disrespect to what they did to everybody in the match because they hated Warrior so right. much. Right. So them saying, Yeah, you did that. I mean, it's almost like your kid did something, you're like, Yay. They're mocking both of them. Unfortunately, DVI. They were chanting Warrior's name. Nah, dude. I'm telling you. I they felt were. I felt like this was pro DVI. I noticed it. I noticed it right away and then to do that and i looked into it and you know what i was like bruce pritchard talked about this before not that his word is gospel but he talked about this before in a podcast at the warrior podcast that he had and how over in japan they did not like him they did not respect him and they mocked him i swore i heard warrior chants during this match uh that might have been your inner your inner warrior but uh they (laughs) what they did even though this is like a a combination match like the original forbidden door type of event um now that was looking into it. I remember watching it, listening to that podcast from the horse's mouth. He said they were mocking and DiBiase just got drugged into it. It wasn't, they weren't mm. mocking DiBiase, but he got drugged into it. Every time he went like this, he was like, Whoa, like that. Like they weren't anywhere else but Japan. Mm. You'd be like, Oh, they're into this match, which that's, it's total disrespect. As you know, in Japan, they sit on their hands and watch everything right. with respect. So this was the opposite and they're pandering to them. Yeah. So, hmm. No, yeah, that's it. I swore I heard chance for the warrior, man. That could have been piped in. That could have been. You're right. Could have been piped in because he just won. This is two weeks after he won the belt at WrestleMania 6. Wow. And Bruce Bruce Pritchard said this is why he didn't hold the belt. It's like nobody respected him outside the States. You know, like this is why he didn't hold that belt too long. He lost it in, in, uh, in January to slaughter. This is one of the reasons. So, and this is coming from Pritchard, who was there. Not to say, like I said, his word is gospel, but yeah, he, he was there. So, 
I actually don't care for Bruce Pritchard whatsoever. So wow. I think his word is crap. You yeah. like Bruce Pritchard? Dude, I do. I do. Especially, especially old school podcast Bruce Pritchard where he didn't care about anything. He would tell you all the stories. Mm-hmm. And this story came from back then, not when he got rehired with the company. He's right. chained it down. But uh, this was a story he told on the Warrior podcast. I feel like he's full of baloney. Mm, I don't think so there. I mean, he's a worker. But um, I do want to say on that, this card, you know, you had a Warrior and DiBiase, this wrestling summit. Just the main event, Hogan and Hanson, which is just insane. And then Tiger Mask and Brett on the same card. Wow. You had Tenru versus Macho Man. Yep. Andre and Giant Baba versus Demolition. Just... This card is like some kind of insane, you know, um, make believe thing. But in the middle I of it all, like Warrior I've and seen some of those matches you have like also Jake versus off. Boss Man. You've seen yeah. it probably in Japan. This, That's on the card. Is this available? The whole deal somewhere? Well, unless you want to order it on eBay, I couldn't. Sir, get we got to put. Deal. We got to put you on this. I've had that. We had that uh, DVD before I got rid of my collection years ago, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it was. That was like a. Um, I must have. Yeah, I mean, I had that. I didn't have it on VHS, but I had it on DVD. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I think um, just the whole entire thing, like the presentation, and obviously with Vince on commentary, it was weird because Warrior, like this was his um, MO, obviously. This was the formula with Warrior, but it seemed extra, extra heavy on him not getting any offense in just to win with with one basically flurry at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just you know I felt like DiBiase was doing what he could in a six minute match, but yeah, this is what we got, man. It was um, it was our little dose of Ultimate Warrior for for this Coliseum video, and I think the white WWF title was beautiful. Oh uh, man, you know that looked great on on the Warrior man. That would um, look great on Cody Rhodes. That would look unbelievable on Cody Rhodes, but you know, um. Yeah, this match was um, was what it was, as they would say, because this this this. But it did it did throw me for a loop. I I swore they were cheering DiBiase or at least like Mm. Zara might be saying mocking the whole entire warrior phenom phenomenon at the time. Well, DiBiase did have a career in Japan. That's exactly right. That that could be it. But I. I swear they were cheering warrior on. Like you said, maybe it was piped in, but I, I swore I heard like warrior, warrior, but maybe it was my little ultimate maniac running inside. I don't know. It's only a six minute match. I'm going to go back and rewatch it again. But I just, the reason I'm saying that is because it came from Bruce's mouth and it all like came back to my memory. And then I looked into it. And like I said, it wasn't a knock on DiBiase. He was just mm-hmm. drug into the whole deal because nobody had respect the warrior at all. Outside yeah. the United States. Yeah. I mean, it's no, you know, it's no secret that Warrior wasn't like good in the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was all about his character, his presentation, his look. Like he looked like a superhero, like ripped right off the pages. What do you got? You got a Warrior shirt on? <laughs> As I'm wearing a Warrior baby. shirt. Yeah. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Warrior. Um, some I nice. love the Ultimate Warrior. And <clears throat> as you guys know, or maybe you don't, one of my all-time favorite pro wrestling matches includes the Ultimate Warrior, if you can believe that. Yeah. So, Ted DiBiase, we've talked at length of our love for Ted DiBiase. He's great in the ring. 
He's always looked good. He's got charisma personified. <laughs> He's a ring general, right? Like, oh, yeah. my question is, why couldn't he have a good match with the Ultimate Warrior? This wasn't how it was booked, brother. I don't think this was... I mean, and you could argue if it was a good match or not. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but um, mm -hmm. there was no give and take here. This was, I'm going to get all my quote-unquote shit in, meaning DiBiase. Yeah. Got a nice dropping punt, a falling punch. He mm -hmm. did all the DiBiase stuff, and he, he is a general, but it, I think it was just booked for Warrior to get one flurry at the end, and that was it. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is the second straight week in a row that we... DiBiase's matches are getting a low ranking on my part, and mm. it's not to his fault. Warrior was right. I hate to call him slot. He was what he was. We don't have to say anything bad about him. He, like you said it all right there. There's so. been worse in the ring than the Warrior. Let's be honest. Yes, sure. but yeah, but <clears throat> he had six minutes, right? And like a match last week, we won over. I think it was Haku versus Hogan, right? That was six minutes. You're like it was jam packed. Back, yeah, yeah, yeah. This mm. six minutes was brutal to watch at times mm -hmm. for me, and That's I love DiBiase. Yeah. I like watching Warrior matches. I mean, it's not that mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't hate Warrior, but you can see, like, put yourself in them shoes. Like, what was going on behind the scenes, him going out, like, I ain't doing nothing. He just mm -hmm. won the belt two weeks prior to his head's probably this big. And it showed in the ring. You know what I mean, so I gave that a D. Plus. Yeah, it's just weird yeah. to me. Like, maybe he just didn't listen, you know? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Yeah, and maybe. Maybe the match with Hogan and the match with Macho Man, like maybe those were the only two guys on the planet that he would listen to, you know, like slow down. Idiot. Or Vince made him listen to, you him. know, like, yeah. you know, like because he's flying all over the place and like, I don't know, he's reckless in there, you know, like he doesn't mm -hmm. really hit his clotheslines when he's supposed to and stuff. And listen, man. Warrior is arguably like a top 10 favorite of mine. So I'm not here to bury the warrior, but mm -mm. it's just like, it's too bad that maybe he didn't listen. You know, like you got Ted DiBiase in there, dude. Like this guy knows what he's doing, you know, like, and I was, I was just disappointed because like, I'm like, oh man, cool. Like I was pumped, dude. Uh, I, was I was pumped for this match. I, was. I had no idea what was on this tape i didn't peek or anything so i'm just watching it again in my little six-year-old body in front of the tv like thinking like that and i'm pumped for this yeah and it, i enjoyed it too don't get me wrong i enjoyed it you put both of these guys on the tv i'm into it but mm -hmm. i just i was thinking like oh maybe i'll get like 12 minutes 15 minutes you know like no. wrong uh, not tonight brother wrong not yeah, it wasn't so much it wasn't it so wasn't much the time for the warrior man it wasn't so much the time it was what happened in you know in between that yeah, time I exactly mean, no so, but like give me 10 minutes of like dibiase doing his thing we didn't even get a lot of we didn't even get a lot of warriors shaking them ropes and kind of hulking no. up quote unquote he just nope. kind of went right to it man i think he wanted to get out of dodge he wanted to get out of japan maybe he had yeah, some I bad sushi the night before who you never know what he happened. fought there two times in his life twice mm. this was one of them so what's there's, the other one there's a reason for that because they don't like him. So, mm. what's the other time? Once again, was that Orlando, Jordan? <laughs> Brother, you're yeah. throwing these yeah. these facts that was, out. That was here. all. I'm gonna dig in a little. That bit. was Australia. Australia was Orlando, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good right. grief! We'll move on. <laughs> anyway, Warrior Man, big clothesline, another clothesline. 
He goes for the big splash. He runs off the ropes. Ted's got to turn him himself over yeah. so he can hit the big splash on the back. Also, weird-ass finishing. Move. I was like, is he going to kick out of this? It's only been six yeah. minutes, but he ain't kicking out of the big finish. Yeah, and he didn't even do the big press slam. We didn't get that. We got a couple clotheslines. Warrior Man lands the splash on the back. Who knows? The one, two, three, million dollar man. Hopefully he uh hopefully he had a good dinner that night. They you know why he Paris. lost this? You know why he really lost this? Why? Because Virgil wasn't out there. Mm. That's true. That's true. That he be. was they talked about that during the match, how he wasn't there. And this this started uh they made it to be like a customs thing. He couldn't get in, could have customs. No, that's cool. The, the commentary, but uh this this was the early seeds of the breakup. And mm. DiBiase blamed him for this loss. Uh, mm. when they came back, like I lost because you weren't here doing your job. Oh, it's and... true. Cause I mean, who's going to be Ted DiBiase otherwise? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I agree with them. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they would break up what almost uh, less than a year later. So, you know, but they funny. fight at WrestleMania seven. So this is the, uh, very, maybe the first stage of that breakup, the long story that they were telling there. That's back funny. when, uh, they, they spent time on stuff. Correct. Mm. Still enjoyable. Like I said, yes. um, you know, it's always a treat to watch either of these guys. Mike, give it to us one more time. Your final grade on this before we move on. Unfortunately, it was a D plus. A D plus. D as in David, yeah. D you as guys, in David. Yeah. D as yeah. in disappointing. Disappointed, yep. Yep. We'll move on. We'll go to the next. We'll go to the we're gonna head back to that beautiful Calcium Video Center. Is that what we called it? Calcium Control Center. Calcium Control Center, mm-hmm. similar to the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Yeah, can't say that, which one. we still can't say. Um, we're gonna head back. We're gonna hang out with Sean Mooney again. He's gonna take us to London, England, for a big match. Mm. Uh Tony Schiavone, Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary for King Duggan. Taking on the honky tonk man. I was into the King Duggan thing, man. I was like, wow, I don't know that I've ever seen him wrestle a match as King Duggan. Oh, yeah. They they, they use they use that nice you know generic king music yep. that they use for every king. Still uh, used for Jerry the King Lawler today. Still used for yeah. Jerry Lawler today. That just that recycled King music. Um, Do you not like that music? I love. That I music. love the music. Okay, but I don't think it fits every single King. Like, yeah, yeah, and not maybe not Hacksaw here, King Duggan. But um, I just want to say with more Honky Tonk Man here, um, I'll get to how much I appreciated him in this one as well. But the Fink, I just wanted to say how much I love the Fink because like he. In this beginning of this match again, like just introducing King Duggan, it was just um, he got you so pumped for these matches, and he does, man, and that's important. Set. It is, yeah. Once again, like that big, that big match feel, you know, yep. like yep. um, for those that don't know about Howard Finkel, when you hear that and new, <laughs> you know, that's Howard Finkel. He coined that. It's, you know, people still try to do it today. Uh, nobody will ever do it as good as him, in my opinion. Nope. R.I.P. Howard. Yeah, I also want to mention uh, this London crowd chanting USA. 
<laughs> because they love Duggan, dude. How over was this guy? Crazy. How over was Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Yep. Mike, mm-hmm. give me your um, fandom level of Duggan. Like, 1 to 10, 10 being your all-time favorite wrestler, 0 being someone that's unwatchable. Give me your rating on on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Whole catalog? Or Whole WWF? catalog. Yeah, what's your, what's your wrestler rating? So I'll, I'll actually break it down in three different... Oh, man, here we yeah. go. Here goes the professor. No, no, I'm just saying. So WCW, it's at like a, a one, right? Mm. WWF, I got him at like a probably about a three and a half. Okay. Right? That's Prior to that, the UWF and all that stuff, uh, I'm at like an eight. UWF Duggan is where you're at. Like eight. Yeah, so that uh, averages mid, out to like five south, and a half, maybe. Like, a, like, mid, like mid-south and all that stuff. Obviously, I wasn't watching that live. Going back to it, that is my favorite version of Duggan, a hundred percent. And he's had he had a hell of a six year run there, if you know something like that, six year run prior to coming there. Um, but as far as WWF, not so much. And when he's fighting DiBiase and stuff like that, but that's more of like I said, DiBiase. I appreciate the gimmick and all that other stuff. WCW, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a legend, hands down, he's a legend. Um, but I love him prior to WWF though, hundred percent. Did you like um for his mid south stuff? Did you like him better like as a heel like Rat Pack or did you like him with, you know, as a good guy in like Bill Watts UWF mid south? I like both of them, but Rat Pack for sure. Rat Pack. If anybody Rat-Pack. hasn't seen that, go back and watch that stuff. That stuff is with the uh, the guy that would become Doink in there and everything Matt Bourne. Other. Matt Bourne, man. That stuff is between Bourne and him. Were absolutely and also amazing. that million dollar man. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. That trio is a trio that would never get talked about when you guys did favorite factions. Oh, I didn't yeah. hear that. Nobody yeah. said it. I didn't even mention it, but guess what? It should be on the list because it was it was I don't even know how long it lasted, but I did recently, maybe about a year ago, went back and watched that mid-south stuff. We spoke about it, and that stuff was like phenomenal from that time from that time frame. Actually, when he saved that uh when he saved somebody tried breaking in his house and he and he like took the guy down. And he made the news all over the place. That's when I start getting into the rabbit hole of Duggan. Mm. That was like six, seven months ago, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that got me back to these days. I've seen this stuff before, but uh, reliving it again, it was just great. Um, great time. And it's interesting, like you talk about the Mid-South stuff. Like imagine like there's, you know, people that lived the Duggan versus DiBiase, but like they were partners. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. That's what I'm talking about. Like. For, you know, wrestling fans, like, there's so much that you can go back and watch, you know, yes. like, um, I do that all the time. I'll just watch stuff that I haven't seen. And it's almost like I mentioned it before, like a new season of a show for you, yep. you know, because you sure. don't know what's going to happen. And you can see these these wrestlers like their beginnings and stuff. And it's it's very interesting and for sure worth it. And uh, like you mentioned, King Duggan. Mm hmm known more so as hacksaw jim duggan an absolute legend in pro wrestling um yeah a guy that borderline household name i bet oh yeah there's a lot of people that know hacksaw hands down for sure so let's get into this match john boy well i was just gonna say um once again throughout this whole tape it's the villain versus the hero it never fails when each guy stays in their lane and like they lives up to their role, they live up to their role. And um, this is, you know, honky tonk man, once again, at his best, you mentioned earlier, like flailing around, 
and silliness, cartoonish stuff. Duggan had a little bit of that in him too, though, as a worker. Mm-hmm. Remember when he like For messes sure. up Honky Tonk's man's hair, kind of mm-hmm. just gives him like a that's funny and, and silly, but uh, the and crowd that's, yeah, and like it's that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's okay, because pro wrestling can be all forms of stuff. You know what I mean? I just felt like, because Rick Rude, like I mentioned, did the comedic stuff. I just felt like Honky was maybe, like, a bit over the top. But I could be being hard on him, too. Here's what gets my goat, fellas, if I'm being completely (laughs) honest with you. I got to be honest with the listeners. It bothers me that the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time is the honky tonk man. Mm. I think that's going to be broken by Gunther. I don't agree with it. I think it's she, she should not break the record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think he's going to like, when you think of the intercontinental championship and you think of the names that held this title, it's just like, I don't know. It's almost like a goof to me. Once again, though, he, Mm. Once again, you can go back to thank Jimmy Hart for that run too, in retrospect, because yeah. he without Jimmy Hart, he doesn't have that run. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And for those that don't know, Honky Tonk Man was brought in as a good guy. Believe it or not, you can you can see this blazing baby face stuff. Yeah, blazing crazy. crazy. So crazy. But um, yeah, that's my only thing with the Honky Man. But I forgive yeah. him. Yeah. Well, you can walk us through the match because I want to talk about you know just. I feel like um, they felt like real battles, these matches with this. Mm-hmm. This one specifically did because um, there was like sweat and, you know, just violence. But mm-hmm. even though they were like, you know, playing their parts, uh, playing it up, I guess, uh, you know, like you said, a little cartoonish. This this felt like a real struggle. And that's what we miss sometimes in, in wrestling today. And um, these fights did not lack that. They, this this match was um, a hard fought, a hard fought battle. And I thought I thought I was just very surprised at the finish once again the way it kind of worked out. Yeah. You were, you were surprised at uh hacksaw one. Yeah. Because like, you know, Doug, uh, honky tonk, man, two clean jobs on the same tape. I was, yeah. uh, I was just a little surprised that, cause he wasn't in my head, a guy that would, you know, take a lot of clean pins um, that I could remember at this point though. He's already agree. a tag team wrestler. Yeah. Um, he's already a tag team wrestler. So once again, his singles run is done. He's a tag team wrestler. Just had a singles match at this point. So, um, Duggan is been in the company for maybe two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I wasn't surprised that he won. Okay. Uh, maybe that the finish came out of nowhere. Maybe you could say, but I don't. I don't know. But uh, it was, yeah. What do you What do you think, Duke? Yeah, like like you mentioned earlier, John. Like about Honky. Like I felt like he was like almost untouchable. You know, like that long IC title reign, even if he didn't lose the title, like he would lose by DQ or, you know, something like that. So for him to, like you mentioned, lose to clean, clean. Yeah, that's what right I was in saying. the middle of the ring. Like I was like, oh, wow. OK, but um, once again, man, here he is making me enjoy a match like I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. I just. I'm not a fan normally, but this match I thought was fun. Um, mm-hmm. I am a Hacksaw guy. I do enjoy Hacksaw. He's another guy that I look forward to meeting someday. Like, if he's around, I'm absolutely going to meet him. Um, so I was uh, I was excited. And to see him with the king, like the crown and the cape, like, I don't remember that a whole bunch. Like, did he beat Haku for that? 
Yeah, Correct. that would have been hard okay. Because he fought. Did he fight Harley Race for it? But he lost. WrestleMania three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because I was trying to think of who he yeah. beat for no, the King's No, that was Crown. Junkyard Dog. I'm sorry. That was Junkyard Dog. Oh, okay. Dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But didn't he fight Harley Race for the crown, or am I tripping? I think you're mistaken. Yeah, no, he okay. did. Oh, for the crown? I don't know if he fought him. Yeah, yeah. He had to have. I don't know about that, because he when he came in, was at WrestleMania 3. Race was 4. He was still hard. Maybe. Yeah. I believe he yeah. did. I have to look into that. Yeah. Harley's another guy that um when he was in the WWF, he didn't really do much, but he wouldn't do clean jobs, though. No. There yeah. was at least that. Like, Vince at least, Respectful, you know, yeah. I think, yeah, felt like he still had some value, whatever it was. Um, So, yeah, eventually, uh, Hacksaw, three-point stance into the clothesline. He gets the one, two, three clean on the yeah. honky-tonk, man. Jimmy, that mouth of the south, he gets into it, <laughs> distracts Hacksaw, yeah. and here he comes from behind. Honky Tonk Man with the megaphone, Pearl Harbor job, Gorilla Monsoon style, right on the back of the neck, takes him out. Eventually, he's able to, he rolls to the outside, he gets that big equalizer, the two by four. He's able to run these guys off, hacks all Jim Duggan, like you mentioned, they're chanting USA and England. They love this guy so much. <laughs> That's right. Love him that much. So, Mike, what'd you end up grading this one? Well, one little quick tidbit about this match. Sure. The funny thing is, uh, a month and a half prior to this, he lost the crown to Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, wow. They did not acknowledge it overseas. Oh, huh. funny. So, this time, I because I don't know what made me look into it, because, like, I remember Macho Man's coronation. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So I remember that being in September for some reason or August for some reason. I guess it was around my birthday. I, I, I have no idea what. So when I heard the date on this was October 10th, I'm like, wait a second. Hacksaw wasn't king then. I don't I know, know why that. that clicked in my brain. Go look into it. He lost the crown to Macho Man. He already had his coronation. I ended up watching that coronation with the genius and the genius nice. is in there. Remember all that? <laughs> oh, yeah. So how weird is that? Like a month, maybe like six weeks prior to. Yeah, you can get away with it back then, right? Not now, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that he did yeah. that. Um, overall, the match I gave a B B minus. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you feel like it was a struggle as well? Like it was um like kind of a battle? Yeah, I thought Hacksaw brought that to the table if he was allowed to. I mean, later on he would become a character, but I mean at this time they still have faith in him as a you know, a rugged, rugged guy that's not gonna be messed mm -hmm. with. Um, you know, fighting Andre fighting DiBiase, guys like that, you know. So yeah, I definitely thought it was. And once again, I'm not a honky tonk man guy, but two of his matches here, I'm, I, I was into. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like by the end of this, and it's been recently, uh, last year and a half or so. I'm like, yeah, honky tonk man's getting like a bad rap, you know, like because there, there's a he usually comes up in the conversation of most overrated WWF wrestlers of all time, um, and that's because of the Intercontinental Title run. But I think. I think he was really good, man. And especially as a heel, I think a lot of people could learn from him today. I think, I mean, I, you know, I think Jeff Jarrett's trying to pass a lot of that stuff down in AEW right now. Like some of that kind of, um, it's not so much cartoonish. It's like that carny stuff, you know, it, mm -hmm. but it, it works. I think it's wrestling. Like it's silly. And that's, you know, not everybody's got to be like in an MMA fight. Cause these guys were silly, but it felt like a battle still. Like it felt like a, a struggle. No, for sure. And, like, we weren't supposed to like him. Yeah, exactly. You know, so he did his job, you know? 
I'm getting there. I'm getting there with Honky because uh, I think that's like my big holdup, just the long IC title reign. And yeah. like, I think that's a joke, you know, when you think about just who held that title, you know, like Mr. Perfect had that, like yeah. Bret Hart had that, mm-hmm. like Shawn Michaels, Macho Man, like Razor Ramon. Yeah. Maybe like Chris the list goes on. Rowdy Roddy Piper. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you like, know he wasn't going to have no 500-day run. <laughs> no, no. He was too in it now. Yeah. Start, too much of a family man. That's right. Hey, listen. I mean, I don't think Honky Tonk Man should be the one to hold that title and uh, the longest, but I, I don't think it should be Gunther either. I, I just don't. I don't think it's... I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know anything, obviously. I just feel like they are very high on him. Um, for him to enter the Royal Rumble at number one and have that, yeah, or, I'm sorry. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he was one, right? Yeah, yeah. And he went the whole distance. Like I think that says a lot about what they think of him. He's gotten in. No, you're probably shape. right. I just, yeah, I, um, I mean, they're trying to rewrite the history books with Roman and now Gunther. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'd take so many other names over him, but you can't. can't I think it's you know I think it's the old school fan in you. You know, it's like another thing that they're gonna. Right, I know because I think it. it's. It bothers me when they make fun of their history. That's right. always really bothered me. Like when they, oh, I remember Ed saying it. Well, I used to be a vampire or something. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? Yeah, now he comes out to the brood music at WrestleMania. Yeah, or whatever. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. Um, so that bothers me. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Honky Tonk Man, greatest of all time. We can't deny it. No, sir. All right. From there, from London, we go back to the Coliseum, the Coliseum Control Center, Control Center, CCC, I'll edit it sometime, why don't C-C-C. you just say it for me, bud, CCC, help a brother out, the CCC, yep, the Coliseum Control Center, <laughs> we're naming that right now, it's mm-hmm. the trademark is uh, John, you're on that, right, I got it right now, I just actually right, submitted good. it to copyright, yep, good, all right, <clears throat> so, um, back with Sean Mooney at the CCC, we're going to head back to Paris, C. France. Triple C. It's Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes. This is the main event, ladies and gentlemen, of the whole tape. Mm-hmm. From Paris, France, a World Wrestling Federation championship match as Hulk Hogan. Brothers, I got a problem with this. What He's is accompanied the to the ring by Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Taking on the Macho Man Randy Savage, mm-hmm. my second favorite wrestler of all time, hmm. accompanied to the ring by the just lovely, sensational, dare I say, delectable, mm. sensational Sherry. First well, this off, is what happens. This is what happens when you don't treat your woman right. You know what I'm saying? Mach didn't know how to treat a delicate wow. flower like Liz. Wow. He treated mm. her with nothing but disrespect, mental and physical abuse. Um, he was controlling. He would grab her by the face. Hulk Hogan, the hero of America, he said, let me show you how to treat a woman, brother. Brings her out in France. And uh, I'll let you take it from there. But I was just setting the stage that, you know, this is this is why it is what it is, bro. Well, let me ask you something before we hand, hand the Zern and he just... I want to get into this. <laughs> I got something what, for you. I got a nugget. For what, you. 
what uh, did what did Liz do to deserve that treatment? Is my question. First, of all, <laughs> that's is... number one. That's uh, number one. Number two, you're okay with uh, you know this this brother of his, these best friends. You remember the Mega Power handshake? Oh, Look yeah. it up if you're listening. You don't know about that. Um, you're okay with this guy lusting over his buddy's his buddy's woman? Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, Real I, quick, too, yeah. before we move on, um, I did want to mention our boy Brian Marvel, mm. who's listening, and he said he's enjoying these a lot. Nice. He says he doesn't know a lot about <laughs> wrestling, but he says they're very entertaining. So, shout out! His name is Gateway Gamers on the comments. Um, when they show up. He also has a podcast, so be sure to give them a, a follow. It's the Gateway Gamers podcast. He talks all about uh, board games, all kinds nice. of gaming on there. He's a big fan of our show. Shout nice. out to Brian Marvel. We hope you enjoyed this one as well. And nice. then that's a brother of mine right there. That's a friend. I would never lust after his woman, John. Shout out to Papa Spice, too. Greg, uh, Spice, of great listener. He has another channel. <clears throat> Check his... Uh podcast out i also wouldn't lust after his woman ed another man of ours he has a podcast i I don't know his wife's pretty hot i wouldn't (laughs) lust after his woman i wouldn't the thing is um i I, there's a difference between lust and um protection and hulk was removing a woman from a very toxic situation like a true friend would sounds like gaslighting to me what do you got mike you got a nugget to drop on us Got a nugget. Um, I don't know if you remember. You probably, I know you heard this interview before, John. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan. Never heard. This is the match that he talks about on his podcast from 2019. So Hogan grabbed Liz's bosom by accident. Macho Man <laughs> flipped out, and they had they got into a back room brawl. Everybody wants to talk about the CM Punk oh, wow. incident. Oh wow! Hogan, Hogan, like one after Macho Man. He ends up tearing the door off oh, it. Shit. And in typical Hogan fashion, he says, well, the door's about to come off anyway. They got bad termites there. <laughs> <laughs> this is his comment. So I'm not going to get into the whole story, but if anybody has eight minutes of their life, go Google hmm. that and and hear that whole entire clip. So this is the match in which they're speaking about when this, when this happens. Um, Hogan, like, picked her up. Grabbed, and this is all legit, like, real, real stuff here. Macho Man was mad. They cut the camera away. You don't see it on camera, but this is the match that this oh, happened. Oh, interesting. So, really? Yeah, and he went on national. I mean, he went on Austin's podcast. I remember listening to the podcast. We were just talking about uh, retro Austin podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of him. And he went on there. And uh, yeah, just go back and listen to it. But this is the match. And it's pretty pretty funny that, uh, not funny, but it's interesting that this is the match that um, came about about that. Well, those they guys very- had like an interesting relationship hogan and macho but one thing that i do think is awesome about hogan is that like he'll wear macho man shirts like to this day like he still shows love and i feel like you know people can say he's a phony and stuff like that but like he doesn't have to wear a macho man shirt you know what i mean like i feel like he does show him love like mike's gonna chime in and he he wears andre shirts and stuff like i don't know i feel like that's that's love the Macho Man's on camera being fake love. They're just like wearing a warrior shirt. He's wearing warrior shirts too. That's all on camera type of deal. The Andre, I think, is legit. Mm. 
Uh, I don't think that the Macho Man is 100% authentic. So a lot of these guys are workers, you know, and they've been working so long. They've been in character. They forget who they really are as like humans. I think <clears throat> sometimes they forget who their true authentic self is. And Hogan's out there working, wearing the Macho shirt, wearing the Warrior shirt. I don't think it's like a malicious, like kind of um, I'm going to win over these fans and get this like cred or anything. I think there's a part of Hogan that loves these guys. I just think he had a lot of unfortunate like business stuff, but he made his peace with warrior truth. True story. If you ask Lanny Poffo, God rest his soul, but macho man and Hogan made their peace before uh, macho man passed. So I think Hogan probably look, and those are, that's his, his timeline, you know, like those are his, those are his, that's his crew, you know? So I'm sure Hogan misses those times, man. Like he misses his brothers in a way, like even though Hogan, has so many different elements of his personality. Like I could see, I could say he's a BSer and he's got like some dark sides of his, uh, his life. But, um, I don't know, man, <clears throat> like how many years we got left with the Hulkster 10, if we're lucky, oh. 15, God willing. I don't know. He's getting up there, you know, him and flair, like th those two are. So I'm just saying like, yeah, we can call him out on shit, but I, I don't know if I would say him wearing those t-shirts are like, is phony baloney. I'm not going to say it. My thing is, like, what does he gain from it? Well, he looks good in the the eyes of the fans, would I guess be Mike's argument. Yeah, right? but does he give a shit? Yes, he does. I don't know. Does he? he abs think so? Absolutely does. Yeah. He's an egomaniac. Yeah. I'm He's not saying this. Let me just, I'm not saying this in a bad thing, but that's just the way it is. Just like how Flair is. He, mm -hmm. You don't think Flair's embarrassed by that last performance he had? He probably wants to go out and have another retirement match. Egomaniac. A lot of these guys are. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. He goes on camera into a podcast. This isn't. He's a worker, bro. Still. This isn't. Yeah, this isn't a breakfast. This isn't at breakfast. This is on a podcast. He was just promoting his cannabis and which for, with Mike Tyson. Now he's got a triangle company with Mike Tyson and Ric Flair all of a sudden, right? Doing cannabis, all this other stuff. He was on Ariel doing the, his show and he wasn't on there for two seconds plugging his stuff, man. Like well, Ariel dude, wants to talk about wrestling. Wrestling Gotta make a dollar, bro. Yeah, it's like he's working, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it, but just he's not wearing it. Andre, absolutely. Warrior, absolutely not. Macho Man, 50-50. You know I mean? Hey, man, genius genius showed Hogan a lot of love towards the end there. And guess what? The genius, just like a lot of other guys, will not say a bad word about many people except for the ultimate warrior. Uh, mm -hmm. He will never say a bad word about anybody, the genius, <laughs> right? Because he is smart. He doesn't want to burn any bridges. A lot of guys are like that. Like the, uh, which call it does that a lot too. Dutch Mantel. He doesn't want to like, mm. he's no, you can tell stories, but not put names in it. There's no reason to put names in it because people got families and everything else. So, um, hey man, all I'm saying is you treat a woman like the macho man treated Liz. Stuff like this could happen, you know? I mean, look, I know, Hogan, ke Hogan kept her safe in very hostile France here. Yeah. Macho man would have put her in harm's way again because that's what he How does. How do you think you remember all those like extravagant dresses that Liz would wear? Mm -hmm. Who do you think bought those for? Yep. Um, I mean, I think she, Randy Savage. Let's be honest. I mean, she put him on the map when he uh, when he needed a manager. Mm. You know, and he had all these managers vying. Speaking for him. of workers, Duke. <laughs> It's Liz. That Let me ask you a question. Let me that. get down to this. There's two islands. There's one over here, one over here. You got Hogan Island, 
And with Liz, or you got Macho Island with Cherry, what, what island are you living on? Hey, man, listen, we're going to do, I don't want to spoil anything, what? but we're at the end of this tape, we're going to talk about some stars that stood out on this show and uh, on this tape. And and Sherry and Ho and Macho Man are, are tops on my list. So so I'm, I'm very so much going to go live with Macho Man I'm, and Sherry. I'm, on I'm pro I'm pro that uh, island, if you will. But, okay. um, you, you know, as as performers, do I want to live with them on an island, though? I don't know. I mean, if that's your literal. Yeah, who, who yeah, are you going to trust on the island? Who are you going to trust on the island? Macho Man or Hulk Hogan? I'm going Hogan and Liz. That's a peaceful, <laughs> tranquil living condition. Macho Man's going to be swinging from trees. and Yeah, gonna, he sure is. He's going to he's gonna be like Daniel Bryan. He's going to make him more of a man, though. Nah, look, I love all I'm, these people. If all I'll be people. honest, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the Macho Island. I'm going to slit Savage's throat. And I'm gonna. It's gonna be me and Sherry, and we're gonna rule that island together as man and wife. I'm gonna marry her, Mike. Come on, graphic. Can you put yeah. that in, brother? Can you put I that rating in the beginning of this podcast up there? It's yeah, NC seventeen from here on Jeez, out. Louise, man. man. Listen, man. I gotta do what I gotta do. Oof. I'm in Listen, love with sensational Sherry. We gotta get back in the control center, the Coliseum Control Center, and gain gain a hold of this. We gotta um, get it back. We went off. We went off the rails a little bit. Uh, yeah, guys, this is for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. We're talking about islands. We're talking about lust. Come on, bro. Well, it all started with the Fiji Islands in the beginning. We're actually kind of being you know, that's so. fair. Full circle. Full circle. Let's get into the match, though, guys. This is for the most coveted prize in the sport. The twenty-four-seven championship. That's it, man. Formerly known as the World Wrestling Federation Championship. The history behind this title, the the notoriety that you get for holding this championship, and these are two former mega powers facing it's off, exploding again, exploding once again. Mm-hmm. Mike, take us into this match a little bit. Uh, I just, how about the entrance? Did you guys yeah. recognize the answers? I, I don't want to say nothing. I'm just going to sit back and you guys. No, you you tell Take us. Take us through it. No, no. You guys could say it, but I just want to say the quote. Give me the quote. I'll, I'll do the quote. Yeah, yeah. Please drop the quote. Led down to the ring by a couple of fat guys. I don't know who they are. Just a couple of Frenchmen. <laughs> a couple of short fat guys. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to put short. You hey, guys, man. A couple short off, fat man. guys. Take Gorilla Monsoon man. does not hold back on these Classic, costume videos. Man. Gorilla goes in hard. Crack, I was cracking up, man. You guys, <laughs> me too. Me. Yeah, I'm, I, I marked out for that. And I think, um, it was Pat Patterson. And Correct. who was the other man? Was it Goulet? That was uh, not Goulet. I do, do, I did so much. I spent you too much time it out. on this. Do you know, no, who, do it is you know who it is? I thought it was Rene Goulet. That's not Rene Goulet. No, that's not no. him. It's not Goulet. I rewound it. I'm like, who is that? And how are you supposed to even Google that? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't exist. Oh my God. I literally try to Google it. Like, there's no, there's nothing, man. So yeah. if anybody out there knows who that is, this is in the very beginning of the main event. Uh, main event of Hulk Hogan's entrance. Pat Patterson is on the right hand oh, side God. of your screen. The left hand of the screen is a gentleman. We don't know who he is. There's a tall gentleman in the back, but that's not who they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if so anybody knows that they're gonna win 20 shroot bucks if you can get it for me. Okay. All right. That's a that's a or large you can amount. Win, uh, we're um, not. We're listen. We're a new podcast. That's going to be on Zern's own own dime. Yeah, just putting that out there. Yeah. Well, um, let me just say on a serious note, hmm. I'm Hulk here, Prime Hulk Hogan. This is the iconic look for me with the Hulk rules shirt, 
and the winged eagle belt. So we're getting a WWF championship match, even though we just got one. So Warriors, the champion on this tape. Also, Hogan's the champion on this tape. A little confusing to young me. It's a little me. Um, But this kind of chemistry between these guys can never be duplicated. I think their chemistry... I kind of think their chemistry is underrated as opponents because um, everybody goes right to like Brett and Sean or um, Brett and Austin, Brett and anyone, right? But but like Hogan and Macho Man's chemistry, like in that ring, was actually really really good. I think you know it doesn't hurt that they're two of the greatest of all time, and Mach being one of the greatest workers ever in that ring. But um, I thought that they just. It felt huge, this match, even for a Coliseum tape with the you set the stage with Liz and Sherry out there. And and even the way yeah, Hogan's entrance has really loved the presentation of this match. And like you said before, like we just had a title match, right? So compare them, put them side by side. Yeah. All right. That's forget about the opponents. You can flip flop the opponents like and put them on this stage. Hogan makes it happen and Warrior does not make it happen, which is why I gave it a D plus. Hogan makes this baby happen from the beginning. I know he's got Macho on the other side, but you can put DiBiase in this event, and I think it still happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Macho Man. I think as far as um, underrated Macho Man impression right there from our boy John, um, <laughs> he just can't do it too long because he has to. He gets all hoarse. Um, I think about the chemistry thing, you just kind of answered your own question because you said Brett and anybody. I think it's Macho Man and anybody, honestly. Um, because my, like, if I think of a Macho Man chemistry-wise, I think Flair. Like, I thought that their chemistry was just, I loved all their stuff. WCW, WWF, wherever it was, whoever was bad, whoever was good, it didn't matter. I always loved their chemistry. Um, and I think it's just Macho Man, honestly. I love the Hulkster, one of my all-time favorites. But, like... When it comes to in-ring workers, Hogan's not, you know, he's not great. I think that Macho Man is. I think Macho Man is one of the best storytellers, if not the best, in the history of pro wrestling. And I think that no matter, I mean, come on, man, think about it. Him and Dusty was good. Him and Flair was good. Him and Hogan was good. Him and do you Warrior prefer do you prefer Savage and Flair's uh, chemistry to? <clears throat> savage working with like bigger guys like this like warrior or hogan do you like the flair um, chemistry or i think for me storyline of their feud that i loved you yeah know, um, that's the aspect you love more. yeah like i like i think i'm probably 50 percent mm. the story and i want the ring i want the whole deal i think when it comes to like um you're talking about Macho Man and Hogan and how you say their chemistry is underrated. I think it's just, I think it's Macho Man. Honestly, mm. I just think that he had great chemistry with everybody because, you know, he was meticulous. He, it's that attention to detail. You go through all of his feuds. I mean, Jake the Snake, we've talked about Dusty Rhodes, Million Dollar Man, like pick one. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like he always put such attention to detail into his stuff. And that's why I think that, you know, when you talk about this might be underrated, I think the common denominator is Macho Man, you know, um, like you mentioned about Brett, like 
all due respect to Hogan, I love the Hulkster. He's one of my all-time favorites. But, like, I think that you can, you just look back at Macho Man and, like, he always made everybody look good. His feuds were amazing, like all of them. I think he is probably the best storyteller in the history of pro wrestling as far as angles and the in-ring work. But for sure, these guys had chemistry, 100%, both as partners and as rivals, I would say. Right. I was going to mention the the partners thing as part of their chemistry. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what do you think, Mike? Do you feel like their chemistry was uh, better than, you know, you remembered I, I mean i love their chemistry of what duke was saying with him and flair uh Mach and flair he they did it in wcw and wwf whereas i think hogan and Mach over in wcw wasn't nowhere nearly as good as in wwf you know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the gap there's a big gap it was good but it was like there's a big gap mm-hmm. so um your original question i think was was flair Mach better than hogan or do you prefer flair yeah, do Mach? i prefer yeah yeah um if i have a whole catalog yeah it's going to be flair and Mach by okay. just because they did it in two companies which is pretty hard to do um but like duke said Mach is that it almost makes you just think why is he number one goat why is he number one favorite i mean it makes you like rethink all everything right mm-hmm. even though he's right there anyway like at two or three or four but um yeah He's, but you need that dance partner, you know, and I mean, I know mm-hmm. Mach had that stuff um, with Flair and, and with Warrior and it all felt so big. But this especially felt like so big, like this. Oh, felt yeah. Like, you know, this is really a I very big that, deal. I think the ladies added to it, too, yeah. you know, like um, that, like it was an even playing field type deal. Um, Real quick, we don't want to harp too much on this stuff, but we're talking about Macho Man. We're talking about Hogan. Um. I think in WCW, it could have worked. I just don't think Hogan wanted any parts of that feud there. Honestly, like Mm -hmm. if you guys remember when Stinger was going against the NWO, Macho Man joined him Mm -hmm. and that lasted two weeks, maybe. And Macho Man eventually turns on him and joins the NWO. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what why yeah you know what i mean go like back with him yeah i don't think that hogan was really interested in working with him there honestly i don't know i don't know anything i don't know the truth um where flair and Mach, i feel like they probably got along i don't again i don't know i know that macho man and warrior man were good buds but um i feel like they maybe enjoyed working with each other and it showed like and then in wcw too they did something completely different mm-hmm. where liz goes with flair right like how cool is that you know what i mean like i just thought that was really cool so um i think they're that's probably why for me like i would go match flair but you give me macho hogan i'll watch 12 hours of it so yeah do you mean they didn't want to that hogan didn't want to work with him as an opponent yeah probably because i remember in the nwo segments like there were so many times where hogan and match would be like positioned next to each other and like they had the arm around each other like they were still tight, I think, you know, as far as like maybe behind the scenes. Um, yeah, I have no idea. And, uh, and Hogan did, he did acknowledge that. But I was going to say like that, they, this is a, just like I think a perfect example of a competitive rivalry, you know. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how personal it got, but like they they definitely were the Brett and Sean almost of that era or whoever you want to say where Mach sure. wanted to overtake that spot and Hogan wouldn't let it go. And uh, I mean... I don't know if that was the smart move for business or not, but you know, 
I mean, I think that I don't know. Is it the smart? We'll never know, right? But I think that the the difference is like Vince was high on Mach, right? Like when he brought him in, like he from mm-hmm. the gate, like they treated him like a star. He had the whole um, you know, he was gonna pick his manager, right? And it ended up being Elizabeth, as we talked about. But I think that Macho Man didn't fit that big guy mold, even though he was jacked. You know, and it's crazy to think a Macho Man is like a smaller dude, you know, but at WrestleMania three, like he was like him Mm -hmm. and Steamboat were mid card guys for all intents and purposes. And I think that like we talked about, he was undeniable. Like you couldn't deny him, man. Like Macho Man won the World Wrestling Federation title at the height of Hulkamania. Right. So you can't say he didn't really get um, a, a run. You know, he even did. though it went back he to Hulk. Did. He did, but did he get the chances that Hogan got? That's what I'm saying. Well, after five, it went right back to Hogan Warrior, right? So sure did. You could say, uh, but that match, arguably the greatest WrestleMania main event ever, you know? Um, Which one? Hogan and Warrior. It's up for debate, but I think it, it was, is. But yeah. I'll say that the match at WrestleMania seven, which wasn't even the main event mm-hmm. is a better match than that WrestleMania six main event. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for it. Interestingly title. enough, Savage and Hogan both had really great matches with warrior. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, and that's the only two, getting. right? Like I said earlier, like when we talked about the warrior man, I think that he didn't respect a whole lot of people, but I know for a fact out of his mouth, when I watched uh, an interview with the Warrior Man, he loved the Macho Man. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like him and Hogan probably got him by the horns and was like, dude, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Just listen, kid. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that type of deal. But um, yeah, I don't yeah. know where we're going with all this. I don't know. I want to just mention the fact that um, Gorilla Monsoon asked if yeah. um, he said, who does Sherry's makeup? Dracula? <laughs> like of all the people to choose the, so like silly. dad jokes yeah the know? dad jokes like, so corny grandpa jokes really yeah it's fantastic man you know it doesn't get any better man than gorilla oh he also called um hulk hogan one of the most recognizable people in the entire world that's a true story but then lord alfred comes in and says macho man's also gaining a lot of notoriety so he was mm-hmm. trying to put Macho over and um, how about the mid-match promo with Savage, which very rare for its time, Mike. Yes. Who else? Who else did that eventually? Mid-match promo, CM Punk. Uh, the if Rock. you smell what he's cooking. Oh, uh, you talking about the Rock? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only other guy I could remember. But I mean, he's uh, pretty forgettable. Huh? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> he is a top ten goat. Not if you ask Frank. Mm-hmm. Not if you ask Frank. Rock not on Frank's list. Um, but yeah, Hulk Hogan um, at one point threatens to punch Sherry on the outside. I don't want to steal your heat, Duke. If you want to walk through the match, no, no, go for it. But um, I'm... not the baby baby face move there for your biggest baby face threatening to punch a Hulkster. You know, Sherry. he was obviously the biggest baby face, but we talked about this before. <laughs> like he certainly didn't abide by the rules. He would break <laughs> your eyes. He would scratch your back a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. he would uh, he would choke you. A little bit, you know, but listen, right, yeah. and he's in there against these villains. You know, I mean, I don't blame the Macho Man for this one. 
you know, he's lusting after his woman. Like, Mach has to do what he's got to do here. So I was I was team macho, if I'm being honest, in this one. Wow. What a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, he, Hogan does grab <laughs> Sherry's. Well, I don't want to spoil the, the, the post-match stuff, but why don't you walk Mike, us get us get into it mike what highs nah, you looks? guys are what are you, you guys are doing a great job i'm, I'm listening well, we want to hear from our professor now nah, you got guys... highs and lows of this highs and lows give us some high points for you the high point i like like john already brought it up the uh the mid-match or it was more in the beginning of the match when he got on the mic to talk yeah. about sherry right yeah that i mean that was to me that was one of the highlights of the match right there um and you guys already talked about the Hogan stuff too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm continue- you guys took my points already. So yeah, no, the commentary, yeah. the commentary was great here. I think just Sherry was a phenomenal heel manager, and um, I don't know where all the unique, charismatic wrestling personalities have gone, managers or wrestlers. But like everybody in this ring was so good at their yeah. character, Sherry especially. Um, do Do you want to get into the finish, Duke? Yeah, before that, though, um, I want to talk about the uniqueness of Sensational Sherry, because um, mm. we always say, like, when we talk about, like, the all-time greats, how, like, they're just, you know, they're one of a kind, and, like, yo, man, Sensational Sherry's one of a kind, I'm here to tell you. Like, you think about, like, like Gorilla said, like, who does her makeup, Dracula? <laughs> like, who did that? Who mm. did that before Sherry did? Nobody. Nobody, man. She originated that look. And now, like, still, so there's women that do it after that. And even still now, like, women will still put the, um, what are they? Like, the Sequence. little stones. Yeah, yeah like, on their yeah. face now. Yeah. Like, uh, Sienna, Allison K. are you familiar with her? She's, like, an, like she did, like, a mm. sensational Sherry, like, yep. um cosplay like for halloween or something like she is one of a kind dude like for sure imitated replicated like one of a kind sensational sherry so like i definitely want to shout her out for sure like you know liz was liz she was the first you know the first lady of wrestling that will never that won't ever stop for me but you know there's been a lot of valets since but no one has ever been like sherry for sure no, it's a good and, point, yeah. and with the finish, um, you know, the, all these matches, I feel like probably all of them featured a manager and all of them at their, you know, different points where they get involved. And um, I know post-match, I, do, do you want to go through the finish or can I go right into the post-match? Yeah, because, well, Hogan, Hogan gets the win. Hogan. Surprise, surprise, guys. Yeah. It's a big leg. After Actually, a clothesline. He hits close the axe bomber. Yeah. His Japanese finish, for right. those that don't know, takes him down with the clothesline, big leg drop, one, two, three. Hulks are sending the, the folks happy, sending them home happy, Um, even in Paris, brothers. It in doesn't Paris. have to be just the U.S. So go with the post-match, John Boy. Just the fact that Hogan does lay hands on Sherry. He grabs her by the head and smashes her and Savage's head together at the double noggin knocker, as Gorilla Monsoon calls it. Yep uh so hogan on the way out man i i don't know he showed some some abusive tendencies himself i guess towards women so you know maybe it was maybe it was um also um during the match too we didn't mention where he holds savage for liz to slap him yeah and then uh 
Sherry tries. It was almost like reversed. Like I felt like that was once again like heelish behavior. It was. And Sherry goes to pull Liz down and she kicks her. Yeah. Liz getting ferocious. So Hogan once again a bad influence on Elizabeth. You know, she's never she's not at her wrestling people, Mm-mm. you know, and Hogan's turned her into this monster. So mm-hmm. I didn't care for that either. Yeah, I loved um Sherry and Liz's involvement and the crowd ate it up. Mike, what'd you rate this match? Just getting back real quick, we say like mm-hmm. Machman didn't get a fair uh shake mm-hmm. as champions or something yeah. like that. Like like run. Imagine if Hogan wasn't around from four to six. Just say he took a two two year hiatus mm-hmm. and he's not around because his year as champion, Hogan's around the whole entire time, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in his shadow. So take like what matches did he really have in that year? It was against DiBiase. No, yep. uh, oh. Macho Man as yeah. champion. Like who did he defend it against? DiBiase, Andre, Andre. He didn't get a fair chance because Hogan was breathing down his neck. You know what I'm saying? Well, what did you want him to do? What did you want Savage? Who did you want Savage mm-hmm. to face? This is my whole point: is if Hogan's not there from the end of four, say he says I'm leaving, mm-hmm. and say he comes back day after WrestleMania six, right? Mm-hmm. That two year span, I feel like Macho Man would have a great run as champion in that two year span if given hogan not be there is what i'm trying to say i don't feel like he was given rather than being paired up with hogan as his shadow paired and then off i know what five did business wise blah 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 but i mean if you tell me i can do it all over again i'd rather have a different main event at five right even though that's a great even i don't know off the top of my head it's a different episode but and then have him lose to warrior at six i mean it was all good but you know i'm trying to say if hogan wasn't breathing down his neck the whole entire time saying don't you know, i mean i feel like he was saying don't screw up he wasn't given a fair shake of just let me take this and like brett had nobody running like breathing down his neck for the most part you know what i mean mm-hmm. like during his run i just don't feel like i feel like he always had that hogan looking yeah. over him for, i mean i think that's fair to say yeah. like you know it, it's the austin rock thing you yeah. know like it was austin and then it was rock and it mm-hmm. was hogan and then it was savage you know yeah. like yeah I feel like Hogan had the machine behind him at all times and Macho Man really kind of had to prove to Vince like, yo, I can do this, man. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and like he was a great ambassador too. like all his work with the Special Olympics. Like he did all the appearances. He went on Arsenio Hall. You know what I mean? So like I think that he was just as great as Hogan was. I just don't think he ever got the full support of, you know, well, you got to think about business, and I mean, why would you? Sure, no, change, absolutely, right? Yeah. Well, let's talk about after WrestleMania eight real quick. Then like, he wasn't given a chance then either. You got Flair breathing down your neck now. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, I think that was all working towards Brett, though, right? Brett was really the guy that forced Vince's hand because it went from Flair right to Brett. And Flair didn't have they, a great run. That's how what they could have done is have Macho yeah. Man win the this, Royal Rumble. This yeah. is my whole this is my whole point. Yep. There he goes. And yep. face Brett at WrestleMania nine. Yeah, we were deprived of that. Yeah. Wins the title. Then at mm. WrestleMania 10, he jobs it back to Brett. Yeah. We were robbed of that. I really think, honestly, I believe this with my heart. If they fight at WrestleMania, they could have had the greatest match of all time. I really, yeah. truly believe that with in you. my heart. Yep. He'll, ma- he'll match. Or yeah. babyface, babyface. No, no, no. Babyface, babyface. Interesting. Because that's tough Just, to do, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, if Macho Man wants to be heel, sure, because he's great and he can do everything. Mm-hmm. And that's another sign of greatness when you can do both. True, yeah. true. Hulkster did the same thing. 
Yeah. Great at both. You know what I mean? Um, we Brett, could talk for four Brett hours both? about these two. Absolutely. Yeah. Because Brett's heel turn was not being a heel. He was just spitting facts. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I it was. Fur, obviously, like I grew up, he was my hero. Like, I want a good guy, Brett. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I think he was great as a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, because I agree. once again, I think that it, when a villain believes what he's doing is right, you're not a villain. You know what I mean? You exactly. think that you know it's your. You say it all the time. Perception is reality. Like your perception is like things will be better with me as champion. You know, like. Our whole villains of the squared circle. Remember, like uh, Big John Stud saying, "Like, well, you call me a bad guy, but you just don't, <laughs> you know, know how things are, or whatever he says, you know." But we yeah, could talk man. for four hours about these two, obviously, yeah. Hall of Famers, two of the greatest of all time for sure. It was a pleasure to uh, to see them once again. Like you mentioned, like the grandeur of this match, like it definitely felt big. Both the ladies, I was obviously kidding. It's never okay to hit a woman. It's a joke, guys. Um, so, yeah, do you have anything else on this this big World Wrestling Federation Championship match before we move to the final segment? I, I just need Mike's rating. Be, uh, B minus. Right. B minus, all right. B minus. So this is uh, nothing it, what's, Nothing overcame a B minus for you on this that's show. That's what I was going to say. Singular like, what's match. What's missing was. from this one, Mike? Like, what, the actual wrestling match. Okay. Like, like the actual wrestle. Let's be honest. The wrestling match itself was not great. I'm not. The, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Yeah. I'm just asking, like, criteria what was yeah. missing for this. If they have you. maybe a few more minutes more and actually have better in ring work, mm-hmm. like that, they can more time. It had everything else. It had everything else. It had the venue. Yeah. It had the outside attraction. It had the, the announcing to me. Everything else. It just to get up to that A point. Yeah, for sure. There wasn't much if you put if you take away all that, scrape it away and just put Hogan yeah. and watch in that ring, it wasn't much. Like you know what I'm saying, it wasn't much. Yeah, yeah. You put yeah. two guys in there with black tights, black boots, no yes. no, you yes. know, seconds at the right. sure. So, so it was just the in ring work, you would say. Yeah, that would have brought it up to it for an A plus, yeah, okay. for sure. Yep. Okay. That's fair. All right. So then we go back to the CCC. Mm-hmm. We're gonna wrap it up with Sean Mooney. He bids us adieu. He says goodbye in, I don't know, 23 different languages on the way out. And that's the end of the tape. So overall, we're going to give our grades now, a letter grade, if you will, for this one. John Boy, we'll start with you. Overall, your letter grade for this wonderful art. For the whole thing. The whole deal. Our fourth episode of Coliseum Classics. Fourth episode. World Tour 1990. Give it to me straight. You look mm-hmm. like you're ready to rock and roll. What's your grade? Fourth episode, Coliseum Classics, World Tour 90, Coliseum Video. B plus. Woo! I liked it a lot. I liked right. it a lot because there was a lot of things that um, I wasn't expecting from the match finishes to the pairings or, or the opponents or the... Um, did I say the finishes? I mean, there were so much, there was a lot of different twists and turns, but um, you know, there was some maybe talent or personalities that were featured um that I didn't think I wanted to see for a second time or a third time, but it turned out that I actually really enjoyed it. And 
the best thing about these Coliseum videos is uh, gaining a new appreciation for things that you haven't watched in a while. And this is what it did for me. B plus from me. What do you got, Mike? I have a B minus. So that was, I mean, minus that, uh, what I gave that first match a D, D plus, you take that away. And we're, yeah, we're in that, I would be able to get into that B plus territory. Yeah. So for you, it was uh, Ivan Koloff. uh, uh, I'm I'm sorry, Boris Sukov. Yeah, that really drugged down the the whole entire tape for that. But like you said, I mean, there's so many, I take from these tapes too. It doesn't have anything to do with tape, but you find out about stuff too. Like I put that into my overall, there's a couple things just from that match, Hogan little thing. And, you know, or you remember, it brings back a memory of something like that or the, uh, the uh the hacksaw jim duggan uh ha- you know winning went uh, losing it to macho man the crown yeah, and losing. coming back mm-hmm. little things like that yeah so anyway yeah b minus that's a good grade um yeah i agree with both you guys like um the the strange pairings are something big that i like when i go um go back and watch these things i talked before about like uh how I like WCW when Flair wasn't there. Like, that's one of the reasons, because you get these weird, like, I almost feel like Jimmy Snooker versus um, Honky Tonk Man is like two different eras even, you know? Like, it's, uh, I felt like it's early 80s versus late 80s, you know? Like, it just right, felt, right. but it's interesting to me. And, uh, you know, Dino Bravo and Brett, who would have thought, you know, you'd get a, a Dino Bravo match I'd be interested in, you know, <laughs> like just a lot of cool stuff like that. And then obviously the, the last taste you get is, I don't know, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, like not mm-hmm. too shabby, you know? So overall for me, I gave it a B. This is, uh, this has been my favorite one so far out of the four that we've, that we've watched and discussed. This has been my favorite one. Um, mm-hmm. So now I have another question for you guys. Shoot. Overall, all the almost two hours of action on this one. Zern, I need a star of the tape from you, brother. Somebody star? that stood out. I talked about him several times in this podcast. Jimmy Hart. Jimmy, the mouth of the South yeah. Hart. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, for all the work, I've said it throughout the podcast, all the work that he did, all the work that the announcers did to put him over. And um, yeah, to me, I mean, there was I had about three of them in my head, but he he won out. All right, that's a that's a solid answer, John Boy. What do you got? I am going to second Zern. My star of the tape is Jimmy Hart. Uh, I also had it down to a pairing of a Sherry Martell and a Macho Man. You know, sort of a double winner, co MVPs. We never like that in this world. So I'm going to go with a single winner, and that's Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart. Mostly for um, not just like seeing him on here multiple times, but what gets your your brain spinning and what gets your wheel spinning. You're like just remembering the connections he had to Brett, to Hogan, and just um, how good he was at being an annoying little slimy weasel <laughs> heel. Not the, the weasel Heenan, but um, yeah, I love Jimmy Hart more and more after uh, all these super tapes and uh, the other ones we watch villains of the square circle. He keeps popping up on every one we do yeah. and he will continue to do so probably. So my star of the tape, Jimmy Hart. All right. Well, I agree. Jimmy Hart was for sure. Once again, um, a big part of this tape. Um, 
I'm I'm just not going to pick him because you guys already did. Okay. So I will take. This is going to surprise you guys. Oh, here we go. I'm going to take the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk. Oh, wow. Nice. Because he really showed me something on this tape. You know, looking back, you know, taking those uh, those hater sunglasses off. Those <laughs> hater, they're Bret Hart shaped, by the way. They're I pink. thought you were going to go Bret as your starter tape, not going to lie. No, I would never do that. I'm a broadcast <laughs> journalist. I keep it real. I mean, he had the best match on the card, arguably. He sure did. I mean, he's going to always do that. But I just think that, you know, for a guy that I'm not really a fan of to put on multiple right. matches that I enjoy. And that's I the think fun that part. says a lot. Yes. He stood and, out uh, here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, that's it's such a cool journey that we're on right now because we're going to find appreciation for guys. I guarantee you and girls that we didn't before. Um, and that's the fun thing about doing this besides hanging out with two of my best buds. So before we head out. We're going to talk about our next episode, which is going to be WWF. Crunch Classics. Crunch Classics. And it looks like this is from the 90s. Yep. So early 90s, I believe. So we're going to get kind of a different 90 what? I believe it's 93. 93, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's my so wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, that's when you got, when John Boy, when you, that's really your time. So um, hopefully we'll get to see, not that we're not into these wrestlers that we're seeing now, these personalities, but Hopefully we'll get to see, you know, something different, you know, and uh, venture into another decade because this is obviously the 80s that we're discussing today. Um, so be sure to check that out. Crunch Classics. Yeah. You can watch that on Peacock. All of these that we're watching and discussing are all available on Peacock because we wanted them readily available for you, the listeners, to take the journey with us. So be sure to check out Crunch Classics. Be sure to check out no sold a wrestling podcast john boy frank and myself we talk about all different things all the time that's on instagram at no sold underscore podcast it's on wolf at uh no sold at zern.com <laughs> we're on tout at stanleynichols.com um what else do we got we got myspace tom's running that mm-hmm um what else you guys got on the way out i just want to say with villains of the squared circle i you know i think i became a george the animal steel fan mm -hmm. okay um here i really gained a new appreciation for jimmy hart and honky tonk man so i'm with you on that for sure and um yeah as we go through these i just like uh stumbling upon these guys that i I guess never really appreciated. That was the whole, the whole thing, the whole idea with this. Let's go back and watch stuff that might give us a new perspective. So, I enjoyed this one especially. This is my favorite so far, and I'm definitely looking forward to Crunch Classics. That's '93. That's gonna be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna look though. I don't want to look at the matches. No. Yeah. The spoilers. Yeah, I like going in blind. Yeah. Going in blind. But yeah, this was fun. What do you got on the way out, Professor? Now, I asked you guys this last week, expectations going into it and what was afterward. And um, the other two tapes we had, I kind of was like, you know, kind of mid-level or under this right here. You know, not exceeded it, but it was right where I want. I was extremely hyped for this tape mm -hmm. and it didn't leave, uh, let me down at all. 
like I said, it was one, one, one and a half matches away from being like an A. Yeah, you know I mean, looking for that A, and it's pretty, pretty darn close. So it had a little bit of everything there. Good announcing, good manager's profile, good little educational segment about the, <laughs> some, some historical places, landmarks. So yeah, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Um, I will be honest, Crunch Classics '93. I'm not as excited about as you. Oh wow! Yeah, like. Mm. Got, like from one to ten, I'm like my expectations are at like a four or five. But, oh, but guess what? We'll see. Wow. Well, I would that's... say um, I, I'm with you though. World Tour '90 lived up to my expectations. <laughs> we're still on the search. We're still on the hunt for the um, A plus. I'm sure one exists here on Coliseum Video. Some of those releases, but um, the only thing I know about Crunch Classic is, uh, you know, there's there's that weird era when anything could happen right you don't know if you're going to get i don't even know i'm just going blind yeah. you could get a papa shango match in there you could get a random <laughs> berserker match or whoever so it should yeah. be smelling a crush doink match i'm smelling like a crush uh uh skinner uh skinner yeah maybe uh what's his name um uh, uh fashion booger versus yeah. crush or something oh, like that <laughs> like yeah. something like that yeah so but that's good that my expectations are at a four because maybe I, I hope to you know that lizard so <laughs> yeah well there's sick. another guy that uh was kind of popular at that time his name is brett the hitman hart okay we'll see if he's on maybe here he pops we'll up he's gonna... maybe he's a, i'm Can gonna he say the superstar profile bret hart that'd be great maybe maybe tatanka shows up <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe hey. razor ramon you know yeah. like let's let's keep our expectations you know you never no, know no. Pal. listen uh i'm gonna go on record right now this is not a prediction well it is a prediction but um <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's a spoiler, but A plus next week from Crunch Classics from me. Wow, I'm gonna announce it now. You're going in with a lot of pressure now, pal. That's right. So now we need that to live up. I'm, and I'm expecting an A plus. And are you gonna be biased? Uh, yep. Never, never that. Just check out my all time goat list. I crown Hulk Hogan, who's not even a favorite wrestler of mine. So here we are, well, unbiased wrong broadcast journalist. You got the wrong answer. You know what? Never happened to Hulk Hogan. He never lost to Dino Bravo. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Holy I didn't want to end it like that. I don't know. We're not going to end it like Listen, that. Listen, we don't know what happened in Montreal on some of these tapes. That's we don't true. know that. So you never know what's going to happen on the Coliseum Classics. You know, you, you might check out a Dino Bravo match that was exclusive only to the tape where he takes out the Hulkster. You never know, John Boy. I do know this. We're going to continue every week. Next week, we got Crunch Classics, like we mentioned. We're going to journey into 1993. Hope you guys watch along with us. You can check it out on Peacock. This has been Coliseum Classics, Episode 4. For John, host of No Soul to Wrestling Podcast, our resident professor, Zern. This has been Coliseum Classics, and that's the tale of the tape.